Hello, and welcome to the fifth annual Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Sacre bleu, I'm Patrick Grimion. Wow, a French co-host today. And thank you for joining us, everyone. Yep, Patrick. That's, that's my new bit. I'm just going to speak uh, French occasionally, and uh, I'm going to wear a beret, so uh, only the uh, podcast uh, participants will agree with it, or, or not agree with it. They'll, they'll be the only ones who get to enjoy the uh, experience. You're trying to, you're continuing. I know that we've been trying to get you to cook the entire Julia Child um, cookbook. Oh, just yeah. Like, just like Julie Powell. So I, I see you're, you're gaining French too. I mean, you're really taking this seriously. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. I've uh, already, uh, you know, I've booked multiple trips to Paris. Uh, I'm going to go in October, November. Uh, actually, uh, can't go in October because it's, <laughs> it's probably, by the time this comes out, this will be in December. But yeah. uh, probably, or maybe closer, maybe sooner, maybe November. Well, I mean, we're proven time and time again on this podcast. We are time travelers. That is so true. We're we'll constantly know what'll happen. We're flitting through time, yeah. Uh, and I'll take my little, uh, my little Ratatouille-esque mouse with me, who's, uh, yep. yeah, helping me cook. It's an experience. I love it. Uh, yeah. I, drove, I drove so much uh, Lyft last week. I am like, uh, I am like, just like in a zone and I watched, I'll give a, I hate to admit this, uh, uh, you know, to the, to the viewers, to the listeners, to basically my mom and dad, maybe dad, Donald's dad, if we're lucky. Uh, I watched he claims the, to have listened to the first episode. That's very good. Thank you. Shout out to Donald's dad. What a good man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a kind man. <laughs> uh, much respect. But uh, uh, I, man. Uh, I, I'm excited to talk about these movies. I watched both of them uh, last night. I watched both of them last night back to back. And I was like, I kind of was worried because I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I've been just, I drove an insane amount this week. I uh, haven't had a lot of time to do much. Uh, I hope I don't fall asleep watching these. And uh, uh, your boy was electrified. I was uh, <laughs> con constounded, confounded, and astounded. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did you cry yourself to sleep? These are... Both these movies have, I'd say, some tearjerker elements to them. Uh, I mean, that's like kind of a normal occurrence for me just crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, no, it was, uh, they're, they're good. I, I'll be real though, I haven't, uh, if we're doing a cry count or whatever, still haven't, I don't cry during movies. I, I think I said this on a previous episode. Yeah. I don't no, cry we, during we... movies. I'm like a little, I have an iron uh, heart. I have a heart of tin and bone. <laughs> I don't cry. Well, <laughs> I promised the listeners I would give an update on when I cried on oh, any yeah. of these movies. And spoiler, I cried on one of these movies. Ooh. So we'll get to it when we get there. But well, why we let's we're excited for this one. So let's just jump into things. Uh, today's guest is awesome. Like I've known her forever. We have made a ton of movies together. She's made a ton of movies with other people and shows and everything in between. She's an just amazing actress. Uh, Welcome to the Academy, Karina Wolf. Hi, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so excited to have like like a real deal actor, especially yeah. for this episode. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's nice having someone who's uh, like, yeah, it's like uh, someone who's probably more knowledgeable on this subject than I am. <laughs> yeah, there I, has I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely felt like after each record, it's like, am I qualified? To make any of these judgments? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I think so. Am I? I don't huh. know if I'm qualified yeah. to be here, I, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, 
thank you so much for coming. This is this is going to be a real fun one. Uh, you know, Karina, before we dive in on these two, you know, I think we we kind of spoiler to the audience. We talked about it before we came on, and everybody has a lot to say about these movies. But uh, before we jump in, uh, Karina, just a quick like background, like what's your Streep history? Like, when did you first uh, get to see Meryl Streep? When did you first identify her as like the great actress that she is? Um, you it's, know. It's- it's so funny. I, I've, I mean, I've, I've been pretty obsessed with watching films my whole life. So she was always just there. Um, like I, and so I was just trying to think about Death Becomes Her might be one of the first staples of like, that was something I rewatched and rewatched a lot when I was very young. Um, I think maybe around like Marvin's room is when I started to like really um, maybe see her as uh, like a matriarch, like like she's like the strong uh, like actress in a, in a lot of things. And then I like, you know, later in life went back and watched things like Kramer versus Kramer. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Death Becomes Her was like the first like really imprinting of Meryl Streep for me. I'm not gonna lie, like if I was like, if I was like eight or nine and had known death because like uh, I said, like I saw, like I saw a book, I had a book on special effects as a kid that an art teacher lent to me. And I saw like that image of her head flipped around. Oh, and, yeah. and I, you know, if I, if my mom had like taken me to the theater when that came out, I would have been a huge death becomes her. Like I would have been a, a freak for death becomes her just. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I was pretty obsessed. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so fun and weird. And like, and it's like, uh, it's like a perfect, even though it's uh, ostensibly, dealing with adult subject matter i feel like that is like a perfect movie uh it's like a great i feel like it's not like a great movie for kids like i'm not saying parents go out and show your kids death becomes her but like as a kid like this one this is a movie that a kid would like it has that energy of a cartoon oh yeah yeah it's a cartoon oh, yeah. it, it really is a cartoon yeah it is 100 percent. yeah total like yeah it's like an episode of animaniacs it's wonderful except um, probably much better <laughs> <laughs> unless uh unless states less uh, states uh songs about the u.s states or the countries in the world and uh yeah. although it might be is it produced by steven spielberg i don't believe it is okay never mind uh, it has like it does have like steven spielberg like 80s runoff vibes to it because oh, i think it's something we kind of talked about over our chat it has like very like lost joe dante movie vibes too uh-huh like it could have come right before Gremlins two, and I would have been like, "Yeah, that makes sense <laughs> uh, in his catalog." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, it's and also it, funny. I I had this also like feeling of her. Of um, I don't know if I actually watched Bridges over Madison County, but I remember like having like, "Oh, that's a like romance for old people." Um, <laughs> And, and like kind of having an aversion to it, but then um, obviously like learning about her. I think I also like appreciated she had like an unusual look, not the stereotypical like leading lady look. Um, and so at first when I was young, like I didn't know what to do about that, but then seeing her in like all these different roles. And then by the time like It's Complicated came out, like it made perfect sense that that like she was a lead of a romantic comedy in an older age. And now, but I'm older realizing she wasn't that old. Um, <laughs> It's, it, it is interesting though, Karina, like when you first start talking about her and it's something that we've seen, we've begun seeing with a lot of our guests is it's kind of like, she's always present. Oh, like, I guess maybe it's because we're younger and we've, she was established before most of us were born, but mm-hmm. it, there is this kind of feeling of like, no, we were born. 
and there are facts of life. It's like you pay taxes and Meryl Streep's great. Yeah. 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 And she, yeah. She's always there. Yeah. And uh, or you, you almost oh. have to, you mature to really appreciate everything she's doing and like how different every single role is. Cause you just are born and then you just, yeah, you take it for granted. I think. Um, when you, when you were in um, acting school, um, was there any, uh, was there any like part of hers that like really stuck out to you as kind of influential? Oh gosh. Oh, um, well, I, I think that around the time that we met, we were definitely in like a Woody Allen phase, which, oh yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I even just remember her in Manhattan. Um, yeah. um but that, that is a good question. Um, I think that I'm like trying to look at her IMDb because there's so <laughs> many, I think, um, the out, Oh, adaptation. Um, the hours, Everyone I think said that. adaptation. Sorry. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm like looking at the years that I was in college. Um, so I think, yeah. And then uh, Devil, was Wear, Devil Wears Prada was like so unexpected and she was so fierce that like, yeah, every performance she gave really broadened my understanding of like what everything that she had to give and, and the wide spectrum. Yeah, I think, um, uh, she, oh, sorry, Karina, you keep going. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. And just, yeah, like you, you take her as a serious actress and then she comes out and she's like so sexy and frightening and fierce. And then the next she's like the sweet mom. Yeah. So she, I, I love yeah. that she, she refuses to let you pigeonhole her. Yeah. She's, if we've learned anything from this podcast, uh, the word versatility has come up every yeah. single episode. Yeah. And it is yeah. kind of crazy. Like if, even if you could, even if you could like in theory pigeonhole her, like, in the American conscious, if anything she's pigeonholed as, she's pigeonholed as a good actor. Yeah. Like that's literally just like she's pigeonholed as like someone who will gets nominated for Oscars. Like that's her like yeah. nit, niche that she's like she's like uh, fulfilled is just great actor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, today I think we've got two really, really prime Ooh, examples man. from both ends of her career, really. Uh, to go through and dig in on. So uh, what do you guys say? We just jump in here and see how it goes. Uh, We're starting today with 1979's Kramer versus Kramer, written and directed by Robert Benton, based on the novel of the same name by Avery Corman. This film was uh, budgeted at $8 million, made 106.3 million at the box office and was the highest grossing film in the United States oh of 1979. Holy shit. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Boy, boy have things have changed. <laughs> that, that'd be like, a, yeah, that's like a marriage story was the top grossing yeah. movie of 2019. <laughs> that is so like, I love that actually. Um, <laughs> the film holds a 88% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a consensus. The divorce subject isn't as shocking, but the film is still a thoughtful, well-acted drama that resists the urge to take sides or give easy answers. We can talk about that consensus because I'm not so sure about that <laughs> taking sides thing is, is entirely correct. Um, <laughs> it was nominated for nine Academy Awards and it won five of them. It was nominated for Best Film Editing, Best Cinematography, Best Adapted Screenplay, two Best Supporting Actress nominees, one Best Supporting Actor, Best Actor, Best Director, and Best Picture. It won Picture, Director, Actor, 
screenplay and supporting actress for one Meryl Streep. This is a uh, this is a uh, uh, laureled film. We'll put it that way. It, uh, you know, when you when you are when you win all the Academy Awards, nominated for the most, you're the highest grossing film of the year. And, and this and it's a small family movie. Yeah, same year that I'm gonna say, same year fucking Apocalypse Now came out. I mean, like, and all that jazz. I mean, we're like, there were really great classic films that were in the mix with this one. So. I mean, a lot to say, you know, just to, I guess, dive right in. I, I kind of alluded to it when I was critiquing the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Uh, one thing that does stick out in this movie for me is I don't think it's particularly balanced between the two and the, the favoritism that the filmmakers feel. This is, it's called Kramer versus Kramer, but it probably could have just been called Ted Kramer. And boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Kramer, a daddy's tale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy goes east. Yeah, no, it's just uh and uh was the other supporting actress was that uh Jane Alexander? Jane Alexander, yeah. She was great. Oh yes, hundred percent. I was just I'm just like stoked that she got a nomination. That yeah. is like yeah. So I feel like that's like a role that probably would have been overlooked, I feel like especially like like I'll be yeah, it's hundred percent, you know, Ted uh, Ted Kramer and Daddy's tale, hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> uh but uh I will say like uh, the Meryl Streep's like first scene when oh, she like yeah. like is saying yeah. that I can't believe I'm saying this that might be like the best uh, acting I've seen from like Meryl Streep so far like in I the think, tournament wow I think that is like the best that was like the She's moment that out. yeah that touched me so emotionally and it felt so raw and I think like part of it too is like oh man her eyes her eyes were so red, and I don't know if a lot. A lot of that must have been makeup, I guess. I don't know. Oh no! no I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know in this movie if that's the case. That's it's yeah. so good. She's she, so like you go. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. So I watched this probably I don't know fifteen years ago or some ten years ago, and I don't. I did not remember she had so little screen time because yeah. I remember her seeing her her like weight that she brought so intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching it, she's she's in like 10, 15 minutes of the movie, it feels like. She's barely yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm just astounded of um, as an actor seeing what she's doing and like in her eyes. But the thing that blows me away is that it's all internal. You can tell she has just done all of her homework. She knows everything. She is living in it and she is not there's not an effort of giving it away to him, to the audience, to the camera. She is completely in and the, like the audience has to go into her because she is just living everything. There's not like a, not an ounce that is forced and it is truly jaw dropping. Now, um, do you all think that they gave her enough? Um... So one of the things that kind of bothered me about this movie, and I think it's kind of important I never really got a sense of um, what um, what their relationship was like when they were in love, like why they fell in love. Like they seem, you know, we get her at wit's end and he's, I mean, part of his character arc is that he's not really present to even be aware of her being at wit's end. And that's all great. But I just, I like, I thought one of the things that I, really thought was a hugely important in marriage story and I thought it was really great was those opening preludes were the what I love about sections where we got to see 
what the two of them were like when they were really getting along, when they were working together mm-hmm. and everything down the line. So we got an idea of like why they're so emotionally engaged with everything, why they're so upset, basically. And I never really got the impression of what Ted and Joanna's relationship was like right. on like good days. Well, there that, had to have been. Yeah, there was there was hints where he's revealing to the son, like, that's not um, like who your mommy was or like I like I was asking her to be someone that she wasn't. So I think mm-hmm. it's alluding to that she was independent and free and artistic and creative. And then she kind of fell into this and there was no room left anymore. Um, you know, I think I don't think it's balanced as well, but I'm trying to put myself in 1979 of yeah. how radical it is to tell a man's story of being a parent. Like that was kind of unheard of that of a man being a single. So right now I feel like where that's more of a, a common thing or like parents share more like equal parenting um, responsibilities like in 1979, that is crazy to watch. So it wasn't a story about both of them. It was a story. You're you're right about a father kind of uh, stepping up and being a full-time parent. Yeah. I think, like I heard so, so many people online just like with like hello joint custody but you're absolutely right we're talking about a much different time which I think even the Rotten Tomatoes thing alluded to with um the idea of simply divorce yeah not being quite as an open thing yeah. as it is now and how taboo it was for a mother still today to walk out yeah on her oh, yeah. kids how brave it was like an end for her to make it work when you actually have sympathy and you actually kind of understand even if you side like I started to side with him just because that's how the story is told yeah but then when she would talk and you would hear her like in the courtroom like yeah she needed to do that for herself or she was gonna die so um, they even uh, cut back to him in her big courtroom when she's on the stand when she like the Hoffman's attorneys asking if she was a bad mother yeah, and Hoffman is even like no, like he's mouthing no, you weren't. Yeah, and, and like, beautiful I, moment. Oh, a hundred percent. And like uh, I, it's I think it's a, a Meryl Streep. It's like it's a huge. I'm it's a huge compliment to Meryl Streep because she takes a character that written on paper, if another actor of not of her caliber took that role, would have been a total monster. Yeah, uh, would have been reviled. Like it, she would would have seen so clearly the bad guy. Uh, yeah, and there's no like sympathy. And, oh yeah, and the movie doesn't really help because there's scenes where like you know, um, so Meryl Streep's character like you know leaves in the very beginning, leave, uh, leaving a uh, Dustin Hoffman, who by the way Dustin Hoffman's character is basically like, uh, is, this is like this is like a biography of the dude from Scenes of an Italian Restaurant. This is like a Billy Joel like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Billy Joel song come to life. Like you have a sense that like yeah, the West Side this guy like when he was a kid was like part of the West Side Story. Was it the the, the Jets like? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it is, and his his styles, by the way, Mwah. like I yeah. will say, like that's the one compliment I'm going to give Dustin Hoffman. Man, his costumes—they are amazing. I want to, uh, I want, I kind of wish, like, okay, I'm going on a tangent. I need to get back to where I needed to go originally, but really quickly, like you know how in The Simpsons, like they'll have like caricatures of characters from like movies that end up becoming characters, like Gil, like you know, like Gil from like he's like a parody of Jack Lemmon's character and Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Mm-hmm. It would be so funny if there was a Simpsons character that was just a parody of Ted Kramer and Kramer versus Kramer. I think that would be a fun recurring just because like his energy is so weird and like 
Dustin Hoffman's character is so like he's so like weirdly alpha and aggressive in everything he does and he like takes everything so like like this is my son I love my son like I don't know like he's always right. like he's a little he's always like an extra I don't know I think that the, 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 the machismo or something but yeah it, it makes it so extra like impactful and vulnerable and when he is vulnerable with his son and emotional with his son and like learns to be open with him because he's been so like masculine and like work 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 money 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 Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's a great, it's a great performance. Like it's not a yeah, and it's not like yeah. I say that it just it'd be a fun, that'd just be a fun thing for a Simpsons episode. Oh, for sure. he's, yeah. he's he's doing a million things oh. all at once. It oh. feels like with this performance, oh, the and first... it's overwhelming, but it's also like awe-inspiring. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, the first half of this movie is like you know that like a uh, popular online comic where the dog's in the house on fire and he's drinking coffee and saying everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Like the first half of this movie is like Dustin Hoffman just doing a slow motion version of that. It feels like where he's like you know that scene where like he's like making French toast with the kid initially and he's doing it in the coffee. The first mug. French toast scene. Oh, the first French toast. I'm just like watching this and like oh this dude's drowning. Someone yeah. give him a life preserver, yeah. please. But, uh, oh, the thing I was going to say about Meryl Streep. So, like, like there's scenes where, like, so Meryl Streep's character leaves, but then, like, she comes back. But, like, you only see her as, like, watching the kid in school. She looks like a Babadook or, like, a... No, she doesn't look she, like a Babadook, but it's like that... No, she, she looks like a stalker, though. Yeah, I, it's I, like, I, that's that, that... Yeah, go ahead, Karina. Oh, no, I was going to say, that's the one, like, moment where I kind of laughed and fell out of it is, like, the scene when she's, like, pressed up against the glass. Yeah. And that's not her fault. No, that's not at really all. The, not her dir- fault the, at all. the directing, yeah. but it is an absurd moment. Oh, it's crazy. It is, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, she's, like, some sort of, yeah, she's, like, a stalker or, like, a slender man, some sort of, like, It does trying. give you a feeling of why Dustin Hoffman might be a little on edge. She's, like, <laughs> no, she's, like, left, and now she's come back, and she might want to kill me. Well, and then how, how she reveals of like that the the stitches are healing nicely, like that is is borderline. Really oh, insane! <laughs> but like, but but like, she does such a good job because like, yeah, like it's a testament to her skills as an actress that she can like take a character who does like stuff like that, who's like stalking and like alluding to the stalking and conversations, and still makes her like a deeply sympathetic like. There were so many times where I, especially like in the beginning, like I, I'll be like I was on her side a little bit in the begin, in the very beginning, like, yeah. like man, she like it's, yeah, it's just such a, it's like one of these like you know she's only in the movie for ten or fifteen minutes, but it's like it's like, it's like Michelle Williams in uh, Manchester by the Sea, yeah, Man- except yeah. like except like you know Meryl Streep, uh, it's hard what she's doing is uh, no Michelle Williams is amazing, she's great. But like when, when, when Meryl that scene is that scene is pretty damn good. No, it's <laughs> no, it's the best. It's one of the best scenes ever. Uh, it's like in the top. But uh, but I think like Meryl, like she has more to do in this. Yeah. She's like she's like you know it's like if that it's like if Michelle Williams's character in Manchester by the Sea like had more dialogue and like had like a heart to heart like a more of a although she does like, I don't know I don't want to start a feud with Michelle Williams. Let's not. Patrick, let's not don't to, do that. Patrick, I, I don't. I'm sorry, Come on, Michelle. They're, they're two of the best. <laughs> Please, Michelle, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, go ahead, Karina. I just, one thing that just uh, blew me away was was how raw it was for so early in her career and how understated, like uh, mm-hmm. like how little she tried, if that makes sense, um, because all the work was done at home. 
And you rarely see that in an actress, like so young in such a big moment against like someone like Dustin Hoffman, where it, she was so confident in her work that she, she didn't try. Some real um, interesting background too on this part, I guess, um, Meryl, not only like really, really fought to get this part, she was apparently originally cast in the Joe Beth Williams one night stand part. Oh. And then like, kind of like, forced her way into the mix for Joanna. And then on top of that was like, apparently the book is very, very one-sided toward <laughs> Ted. <laughs> not, a, not a big surprise, but, um, and she, she continued to work through the script on um, getting Joanna's character a little bit more meat, like talking to Benton about getting her a little bit more meat, a little bit more um, broader character because like we were talking about like on the page if an actor who hadn't come in and fought for those things yeah it probably would have been a pretty villainous character yeah and or just, just one-dimensional just serving the plot um, yeah and i think um apparently that her drive to balance it out led to some of the initial issues with dustin hoffman on the set uh, of this one um it'd be Combined with, and I, this is the thing I want to ask you about, Karina. I, I don't know if you read any of the um, kind of exposés on some of his behavior. On this movie in particular? On this movie in particular. No, tell, tell me. Uh, well, by, there's a couple articles that have been released that basically, you know, he slapped her. <gasps> oh, like, my God. to get a reaction. He groped that's her to get a reaction. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been slapped before during a performance uh, that was unplanned by a huge man that was like twice my age playing. I was in a, The Lion in Winter in, in San Francisco on stage and it was like a full audience and I was playing Alice, his like young, the prince, young princess, his lover and he's King Henry and like this man was huge and during like several weeks into our run, he slapped me in the middle of it in front of the whole audience to get a reaction. And it was like a, during like a love scene or like a lover's quarrel. And then he would also like add kisses that weren't Jesus planned. Jesus Christ. And the, a woman in the company. And I was like, a, it was like the first play I had done in San Francisco out of college. I was, you know, my early twenties. And this guy was like well-renowned, a great actor, great director. He took over as like the director. So he was like kind of the director too. And yeah, slapped me and my face was Thank red. Goodness. And this woman in the audience was in the company. She just, oh, I mean, she went off on him. He was like, text me in the middle of the night, apologize. Like, yeah, it was bad. Oh. The scene where he goes out with her uh -huh. and she demands custody. He slaps the glass of wine against the wall. Yeah. Uh, she did not know he was going to do that. That's uh the, apparently the camera person did but she did not um and he maybe the darkest things he was doing was uh before the courtroom scenes was saying disparaging co uh comments about her dead boyfriend john cazale <gasps> oh mm. my god evil and he claims, and I know, I mean, there's other stories about him on like Marathon Man, how he was going for running marathons every night after getting done shooting. He's a lunatic. I mean, the proof is kind of in the pudding, but I don't want to defend that either. Cause like 
Yeah, he does put in great performances, but he's a complete lunatic. Yes. And he was trying to like raise his own like hatred of her. And yeah, I don't know, like Karina, like in your training, like when it comes to the, I don't know if you've run across some of these, like I don't know if the guy in San Francisco is like this, these some of these people who take the method style to the ultimate yeah. extremes. I don't know if you have any, like if you've run into that. Uh, a, a little bit, not as much today. And like, luckily I, I've worked with really like great directors. Um, and when I have, it's usually been like in theater, which is almost worse because you're stuck with them longer. But I had like, <laughs> luckily in the cases, I mean, besides that San Francisco one, like there was one guy I worked with here and the director and he like would make comments like in the middle and like make me cry. Like, and, Jesus and, Christ. Um, and the director really like, very quickly nipped that in the bud and yeah but um it's it's wild it's like you can get people have great performances without having to play emotional mind games on people oh yeah yeah it's like it's so like i don't know like yeah it's such a i don't see a scenario where it's worth i don't know (laughs) yeah 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 and the people that they're they're like crying in the you know afterwards in the dressing room like for hours i'm like you you don't need to let it in that much i Um, i started reading like i started reading like group theater books and books about Ilya kazan when i was in high school because as karina knows like all i've ever wanted to do was like direct movies so i was like oh i gotta look at like how all these people do things and hear stories about kazan just like walking up to Brando and whispering in his ear some just like crazy thing about his mother neglecting him and things like that and you're just like I don't know every time I haven't done it a lot but every time I've been on set like I have quite a bit of faith the actors are you've hired good like you hear that from like the good directors like Paul Thomas Anderson say no I hire good people yeah yeah like they'll they'll do it it seems less and less tolerated these days and that Mm -hmm. like um it's now like uh, call out culture I guess is uh of of like it's okay to talk about when someone's an asshole because you don't have to tolerate it for genius or talent because there's plenty of good people that are talented. yeah well it's like it's yeah. even like was it Jared Leto for Suicide Squad like mailing like rats to people and stuff like that it's just yeah it's just it seems like so unnecessary <laughs> like it's, it's like, also wild like, like- I read the Kramer versus Kramer script if I'm an actor. It's like, oh, I'm going to really have to like bring my A game here. You read the Suicide Squad script, you're like, well, yeah. I mean, I could have some fun and figure something out. Like, exactly. I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really going to have to get into the mind of this character that has Twisted tattooed on his forehead. Yeah, to play Joker <laughs> for the 75th time. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, not and not justifying that at all, but yeah. there's probably a lot of psychological pressure to follow up something like Dallas sure. Fire Club. And like where people for the first time took you really seriously, like as an, as an actor that could win an award and like, and wanting to recreate that and like become that like chameleon. But yeah, yeah. That was, that yeah. no, 100%. And, uh, sorry, Jared. I, to. <laughs> I, I think he'll be okay. And sorry to the makers of Suicide Squad. I didn't mean to do sorry, that. Sorry, David. That was, yeah, that was, <laughs> we are a positive podcast. We are not a negative Only podcast. Only happy things. But another, um, another interesting Dustin Hoffman story from the set of this one, uh, the Gene Alexander part, they shot a week, I believe, with a different actor playing that part, and she, he, he just intimidated her too much that she started stammering and couldn't get her lines out. Jesus Christ. And oh they brought Jane Alexander in, who I think 
it, it really is the actor in this movie that goes fucking toe to toe with him and doesn't back down at all. I think she her performance in this film is incredible. Despite she, the fact she, she plays she plays the neighbor. The neighbor, yeah. yeah. I think she's incredible yeah, in the she's film. A, she's amazing. Oh, also, yeah. Dustin uh, just really, Dustin Hoffman also kisses a random woman in this movie. That was, such I, a, that was insane. Oh. That was also like a thing where like that just and, like, like happens and like you never see uh, see it. It's not even like at like, the Christmas party. It's yeah. it's so inappropriate. And also, was that planned? Also, yeah, that's also, a good question, Karina. Also, that like whole scene is it, that's where the movie kind of lost me and became a fairy tale because it's like on what planet? Like he has to get a job in one day, and. Like he gets a job in one day. Like that's yeah. I, that's kinda, I went. I went with it. I bought it. I because you know because his speech and the writing is really good and yeah. he's really good. Like I, I we I understand just, the stakes yeah, of it yeah. too. Dustin Hoffman presents the stakes of what it means to have to get this job really, really yeah, well. And, and you can tell he's really good at his work, and you see like okay. his, his his sketchbook. Like he's he's talented, and he's yeah. going way under. Like like taking a pay grade, it's you know they make it uh, work. Okay, he, he's we overqualified. Also, so it also is a really good example of how he's changed, how much he cares about his boy. Yeah, because we know how good he is at his job. We know how important it is, and it's now it's taken a complete backseat. Yeah, to what he really wants, which is this relationship with his son, which is a really, really beautiful thing. I I uh, to go back to the kiss after. Me, that struck me as kind of a lazy late seventies screenwriting joke. Yeah, like he's so a guy would do do that, like a yeah. sitcommy kind of thing or something. And the woman's just has to be okay with it. Yeah, that would not fly right yeah. now. <laughs> it is like yeah, it's literally like it's like I'm so happy I can kiss someone. It literally is that like. Yeah, yeah beyond the beyond the social connotations, I just don't think it's a very good joke. Like it doesn't really work. No. And, it's not good. It's... He he also I don't know if you all noticed his um his physical behavior with Jane Alexander when they're like sitting on park benches, he's sitting right up next to her. He's got his arm like draped around her. He's kissing her on the head, like all the time. It's weirdly close contact. It is. And like part before we had this conversation, I kind of actually enjoyed that of like, what, like you think that they're going towards a romantic Mm -hmm. relationship, but it's just, they're becoming each other's people. Yeah. And their like companionship um, is really intimate, but yes, I agree. Like yeah. now, looking back, like was that all consensual or pre-planned, or was that just him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in it, and you know, to kind of couple like, so I cried in the second French toast scene. Wow, mm. that was where I cried in the movie because I thought, I'm sure I cried. The way that they set it up and the slowness of it and kind of like this, the whole screenwriting trick, okay, they, this sucked an hour and 10 minutes ago, but now they're making French toast properly. Mm-hmm. They're doing it together as a team. We know how sad it is because it's going to be their last damn French toast. Yeah. Breakfasts are not in the custody agreement. Yeah. Um, and then the close-up on Dustin Hoffman as he's hugging him mm-hmm. and the like six different emotions that cross his face wordlessly it's like oh this guy is such a fucking good actor and he's a total lunatic and you're like walking out of this like oh my goodness like yeah that best actor probably was earned yeah but oh for sure in that moment and then the next moment after that where him and Meryl have the final thing where she kind of recognizes what he's done 
as a father and with the elevator doors closing on him and talk about wordless acting like facial expressions oh, yeah. from both of them it's just um it's really beautiful stuff mm. and it makes kind of all the speed bumps i think we talked about totally worth it Absolutely. in those last two scenes yeah i will also say to you like uh, just something about the cinematography of this movie so is it nestor Almond? Almendros? Nestor Almendros, yeah. Almendros, Nestor Almendros. Like, I had so insane. Like, this movie was nominated for, you know, for cinematography. And on paper, you're like, it's a movie about, like, a divorce. Like, what's cinematic about? Like, what's, like, how are you going to make this, like, a? how is someone going to film this in such a way that it gets nominated? And to his credit, like, so many scenes from this movie, and I think part of it's the color palette, too. It looks and the like, costumes. And the costumes. It's, it yeah. looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. Like there's mm-hmm. so many like stills from this movie that look like Norman Rockwell paintings to me. Like the way mm-hmm. they're filmed, the way they're set up, the tone. And it's so, it's such an interesting, the juxtaposition of like Americana and like, uh, you know, idea like the 50, you know, like uh, maybe like a, a time of an America when, uh, you know, the family, everyone cares about the family juxtaposed with like, yeah, like Dustin Hoffman being the father all of a sudden for this kid by himself and like having to struggle through that. I don't know. It was just like it seemed like it seemed like a uh, an interesting juxtaposition of like uh, that old style Norman Rockwell style of life, and then like at the time like new modernity. Mm-hmm. I think it's a gorgeous film. I'm yeah. a huge oh, yeah. Nestor, Nestor uh photograph. My favorite movie, Days of Heaven. Mm-hmm. So I was already in the tank for his work to yeah. begin with. I think this movie is so well photographed. It captures like modern quote, modern 1979 New York life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfectly. There are little moves, like just like the tracking shot, like the shot with um, Billy running to Meryl Streep when they're in the park oh, and yeah. the way they shoot them separately and kind of the um, balance there is just absolutely incredible. And one thing I did re- actually read about this is Nestor Almendros was the regular photographer for the French director, Francois Truffaut. Oh, wow. Throughout the uh, 70s. And apparently uh, Truffaut was the original first choice to direct oh this my film, God. which I think would have made it a lot bouncier, a lot. I think there would have been a playfulness that this doesn't totally have. Um, not to say, I don't, I think Robert Benson did a very, very good job with it. Um, they had had a long-term thing because Benton uh, wrote with his writing partner, Bonnie and Clyde, mm. which uh, was also supposed to be a Francois Truffaut movie oh, crazy for a little while so there was kind of always a back and forth with them but uh almendros hung on he was gonna direct he was gonna photograph the Truffaut version of it and he stayed on to photograph the benton <laughs> version of it all for the benefit uh, i thought the um the classical music choices were great oh the vivaldi yeah yeah and the, and the kid who played billy was oh yes phenomenal yeah. um so good yeah, I think uh, we were talking about it before you jumped on the Zoom, Karina, but uh, just kind of his, um, the way he's so good, but he remains a little kid. He doesn't feel yes. like an actor. Exactly. Yeah. This isn't like Macaulay Culkin, uh, Culkin in Home Alone or whatever, where it's like just so precocious that it's like insane. Like it's like, it's not like a 40-year-old in a, a nine-year-old's body or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah, like now like a seven-year-old who's taking diction training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, beautiful. I think I think he was great. I think all of the acting nominations were um, deserved. Yeah. Did Did the kid get an acting? Yeah. Movie? Oh, that's Best funny. supporting actor. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
and I think he's still the youngest, right? Or I. He might he, he might be in the mix for the youngest. I don't I don't have that number off the top of my either, head. It's either him or Covenjane Wallace, I believe. Yeah, I think she was the youngest for a leading category. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, he might be the youngest overall. Wow. Um, but I mean, I think this is a despite you know I think Karina, you made such a great point about kind of looking at this in um, a bit more of a 1979 lens. Mm-hmm than a 2020 lens, especially when it comes to kind of the politics of um, marriages and custody and child rearing and so forth, and kind of recognizing it for its being revolutionary for its time. Right. Which I think it is, and I think we all really enjoyed it. And I think we all thought, I think, you know, know, moving into the next film, um, I think Meryl in this one, the only thing I, would want, I thought this movie coming in at an hour and 40 minutes, you could have tagged on another 20 minutes out of this movie and given her, I would love to see her in California. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I that would have been, yeah, like, there or, is like, a, oh, you go first, you go first. Oh, no, or, or like a scene before of her with Billy, like, because mm-hmm. we see him, she's like putting him to sleep and like folding his clothes and taking care of him, but like what, like, I don't know, or, or what they did on that day that she got custody of him. Mm-hmm. But, that would have been interesting even to see like the open the give the, like her the entire first 10 minutes of the movie of just her day with billy while hoffman is at work right before he gets that and, promotion and you, and you have no idea she's gonna leave him that yeah night. yeah a bit of a slow burn but i would have i would have thought that would be pretty cool but yeah i would just like to see her have more she's great mm-hmm. in her you know 20 you know it's generous 20 25 minutes that was a great time yeah. um and but yeah she, i would have loved to see more of her 100 percent. she like yeah and but you know she takes a role that's uh kind of not great and turns it into like an oscar worthy performance it is like yeah. just like an insane like yeah we're like yeah where she has moments where she has to like peek through the window like uh like a crazy stalker person <laughs> and she takes that character and turns it into someone that you almost want to root for sometimes. It's yeah. incredibly impressive. With none of the scenes that Dustin Hoffman gets where the clear, like, heart-stringing, heart-tugging scenes like the second French toast scene. Yeah. She doesn't really, she doesn't get one of those with Billy. Oh, really. yeah, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't get a French toast scene. She doesn't even yeah. get, like, a, you know, a fall-off-the-jungle-gym scene. Yeah, she gets, yeah, she gets nothing. She's, like, really... She's, I want to... We got to move on to the next one, but I got to talk about the the photography when Dustin Hoffman is carrying the boy oh, all the way in, a, in a single and, take, and the surgeries there where he's getting the yeah. stitches. I think uh, I was crying. I think I cried many times. Yeah, I, I'm an easy crier these days with movies. Yeah. I wish, it, was, I wish it, it reminded me of There Will Be Blood when he's carrying the damn boy uh, mm. from the oil well. <laughs> right. I wish I could cry watching movies. I just don't like have that bone. I need oh. It's good. It's a good I, feeling, man. I, I, cry, I cry at commercials. <laughs> it, 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 it's very, very susceptible to I, crying I, in movies. I need to yo, cry yo, more. Patrick, uh, yo, Patrick, what's wrong with your heart? It's made of tin and bone. Do you, do you go <laughs> to the theater alone? Uh, yeah, I'll do sometimes. Okay, because that's when I really, like, when I'm alone, it's it's actually, like, kind of embarrassing. I remember during Lion, I actually started going, like, <gasps> and, like, had to stop myself because there was people around. <laughs> what is, like, I I need to steal 
like a potion, a, a cry potion. I need to like find Isabella Rossellini yeah. and it becomes her and get her to it's craft a me, like a, a, a cry potion. Yeah, because like potion of cry. Because like I just I don't know how to cry. It's it stinks. I get like and when I cry, it's like I do it maybe like once or twice a year, and it's like the messiest, stinkiest cry you ever did. <laughs> it is so bad. It's like right, hold up. Let's take, take a bunch take a bunch of hallucinogenic mushrooms oh i will say okay oh my god my parents uh okay i'm gonna no 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 wait no wait i will i will just, say I, uh in uh, hypothetically <laughs> in a hypothetical world uh may have taken some mushrooms and uh didn't didn't cry actually no i think i did cry but it was like crying joy crying yeah it was like i was so happy i was crying yeah uh also uh just listened to the same enya song like 10 times in a row wow uh, <laughs> and then i watched like uh oh man uh there's other parts of that too i won't get into on this podcast but uh yeah now that might be the might be the ticky yep. <laughs> yeah it was um was lion your biggest movie cry what was your biggest movie cry well i remember the first time i really let myself really cry in the theater i went to bowling for columbine by myself when i was a freshman in college and i like really lost it um i don't know i've cried i've i cry a lot now but um lion was definitely maybe the most audible um because, <laughs> because i was by myself and there wasn't anyone for like a few rows it was a pretty empty theater and so i, I really let myself go um, yeah damn i like yeah i'm gonna that's my 2021 goal that will be my 2020 is i'm gonna cry so bad it's gonna that, be like yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that you actually disturb other people's mood yeah i'm yeah. gonna yeah people are gonna like throw popcorn at oh that's assuming we're living in a world oh, where yeah. we should see movies and theaters yeah. well, you can <laughs> no. you can dri oh, yeah. dri dri drive to a different county and then <laughs> yes i'm gonna go i'm gonna risk covid so i can cry <laughs> uh that'll be that'll <laughs> wow. be you should make a short film of that. I, I would watch that short film, Patrick. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what movie is going to be out that I would, I don't know, like Tenet 2 or... Oh, there's one that I, with Tom Hanks, that I just saw the trailer that I already can tell I'm going to cry the whole time. Oh, is that the news of the, news of the world? Uh, it must be. That's his <gasps> new one. Yeah, yeah, what's it about? It's... It's, a, it's another war thing. I haven't seen the trailer. I know Paul Greengrass directed it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, me and Josh... Uh, my boyfriend watched the trailer and we're like looked at each other and we're, we're gonna cry the entire yeah. time. You, like I almost started tearing up at the trailer and you can just tell like the tone of voice and his like voiceover narration. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna cry. It's a good feeling. It's a yeah. good feeling. I, I get really like jazzed. Jazz, yeah, like I want I want in on the big tears. Me up. Yep. I, I always cry like on movies that have like, like I have to like talk to a therapist afterwards be like so what was the deal with why i got so sad watching that movie in particular it's like oh it's because of something that happened to you in middle school probably or something yeah. like that. I, I also have a thing uh where i i cry anytime um a crowd cheers together in any movie oh. even like the martian which i was kind of like so so but then at the end when the there's the footage of the crowds cheering, yeah. or, or cheering i cry no matter what if, if people are, are are singing together or cheering together i lose I, it i teared up when jessica chastain caught him like come flying out of the thing i was like man he worked so hard it was so close and i was just like <laughs> you deserve it matt david you saved <laughs> uh envy i envy both of you because it's like i see that movie and uh, yeah i can't i just i've only cried during one movie i already said door to door 
a TV, TV oh, yeah. a TV movie about William H Macy playing a door to door salesman with cerebral palsy, <laughs> oh my who, God. whose mom has Alzheimer's, and then he like can't doesn't get the girl he loves, and then he gets hit by a bus. Like it literally is just like the book it of Job, the, the kitchen sink of all emotional traumas that this guy could go through. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so, so I need to like maybe I need to rewatch that movie again to rekindle it. Maybe that'll be the spark yeah. that gets my little. <laughs> and he never stops crying. <laughs> oh man, just yeah, going to Ralph's, just like crying, <laughs> looking at different celeries, and like, <laughs> which <gasps> celery do you think is crisper? <laughs> People just running away. Uh, listeners, if you want us to do a one-off non-Meryl Streep-related door-to-door review episode, let us know on uh, Twitter. There may be a chance that every we'll podcast recorded after that will just be me like constantly sobbing, but yeah, you know, that's the risk we'll have to take. Yeah, well, <laughs> that that was uh, that was Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited We're, for the next one. Then yes, yeah. So the next one from 2008, Doubt, directed by and written by, based on his play, triple hit, triple threat here, John Patrick Shanley. Um, this movie was released December 12th, 2008, on a budget of $20 million. It made a nice $50.9 million at the box office. It has, let me get, flip my, I, as we've, we've noted before, I print out my notes, so I have to flip through some pages. Uh, 80% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Uh, the c- consensus reads, Doubt succeeds on the strength of its top-notch cast, who successfully guide the film through the occasional narrative lull. It was nominated for four, or pardon me, five Academy Awards. We are talking Best Adapted Screenplay, John Patrick Shanley, Best Supporting Actress, both Amy Adams and Viola Davis, Best Supporting Actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and of course, Best Actress, Meryl Streep. No wins. Well, Viola Davis won, right? Uh, no, not for this one. She she, moved, she went she went for Fences later on. But she, I thought she won for this. Did she win uh, the gold? I think she won for the Help. I think too, right? Or am I wrong? No, I, she didn't. She didn't. I take that back. No, no, no. Uh, I, I know yeah. for Fences, but for some reason I thought maybe she won something else for this. No, it had uh, no GG wins um, in all of the same uh, categories. Mm-hmm. Were the featured nominees. So uh, this movie was one that. I believe I mentioned our first episode. I, my only real knowledge of this film was I took a acting class in which people did scenes mm-hmm. from this. So that was so I had not seen this movie yet until the other day, and I thought this movie was pretty damn good. Like I don't know why I had reservations that it maybe maybe it's a whole anything about a priest feels like it's going to be a little like slow. Or something like, right. even though I love Bergman Look. movies. <laughs> right. I, I also think, like, just when it, it, like, everyone, you know, everyone's dressed in black and white and it's in, like, a, a kind of a church setting. I had the same thing and I've seen it before, but I, I was like, oh, it's going to be boring. And then I forgot how exciting it was. But I think it already you just have that, like, there's not going to be any color or, like, excitement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we might as well give. Big props to Roger Deakins' photography oh, for so this good. one, too. Much like in Kramer versus Kramer, uh, they really elevate a pretty um, talky, you know, grounded story to something that really sings, especially this one, because, you know, I think that we can all agree, like, 
plays being transferred to films can occasionally be a little hit or miss in the kind of cinematic department. Mm -hmm. And that's why hiring Roger Deakins uh, was a stroke of brilliance from Shanley to kind of bring it to life. Oh, yeah. So many Dutch angles. Yeah. There's a lot of Dutch angles in this movie, a lot. But it worked, though, to good effect, because it does sometimes heighten, like, the... It feels like it does heighten the stakes sometimes when you see it coming from, I don't know, or like it adds maybe a sense of dread sometimes to certain characters in the interactions it, they're having. It gives it the feeling of like a noirish thriller mm. at times. And uh, mm. which I don't know if you necessarily expect from a bunch of, you know, priests and nuns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, will, I will say that like, uh, okay, so for this role, it's so interesting. So I feel like, I'm going to be totally wrong and uh, everyone just feel free to like tell me I'm wrong. But I feel like there's like two types of like great acting uh, performances in my head. There's like an, there, there are the performances where like you're trying to be real and you're playing it raw and you're trying to be like as authentically human as you can on screen. And then there's also the other type of acting where like you're trying to be like a, a movie character or like you're trying to be like a memorable it's almost like Christoph Waltz and Inglorious Bastards like I don't think there's a person like Inglorious Christoph Waltz's character IRL I can't believe I just said IRL in real like a, <laughs> as if I was typing a it's like I'm gonna say lol next Jesus Christ but <laughs> uh, Patrick shame is seeping through the zoom window oh man it is like yeah doubt more like shame uh yeah uh but uh but like, I feel like Meryl Streep here, her care, she's playing like, it's like an example of the latter in this one where she is like, not that the character doesn't feel, you know, there are, it is like a real character, don't get me wrong, but like, it is so much more like she is playing a, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like she's like, like Rorschach or something. Like, I want to see like, I want to see like Meryl Streep play Rorschach from Watchmen now. Cause she has such a, like her character has such a black and white. And it feels like not, it's not black and white. It's gray, but like, and initially it feels like the first like half hour, you're like, Oh, she's like, she's like, she's like a vigilante or something. She has like yeah. a big Punisher energy, but in a way that I like, it's like very yeah. like. I think she, um, Something Karina brought up in kind of Merrill's preparation that was seen in Kramer versus Kramer. This character, and so alluded to like this moment where she's like, I used to be married, like has this rich, huge, full life before we have met her in this film. And it isn't until the final moment of the movie that any of this wall that she's built over probably the last 50 years kind of shows some cracks. Well, in it? I, I think there's a few hints like oh. when, she, when she tells the joke and no one gets it and she kind of like laughs like that's like she lets her down her wall mm. down for one second but mm. she knows I, I agree with you Patrick that like we saw just such a raw like uh naturalistic performance in Kramer versus Kramer this I still think we don't see her necessarily doing the work like she has that full rich life that you talked about but she, it's 30 years later she knows how good she is she knows her camera angles yeah. she knows, she's pulling out the tricks for our delight oh, so yeah. I still bought every moment but she is like her her 30 years of skill and technique um, she's she's whipping out all the like um, all the variations for to make it entertaining like such a kind of stereotypical like she's 
like the bitchy character that mm-hmm. is mean, but she's she's all these colors and layers to like um, kind of like twir- twirl that around for our, our enjoyment to make it uh, enjoyable to watch. And do you think um, that some of this, some of that, and some of this, just the performances in general that kind of quote, you know, like category B performances mm-hmm. that Patrick was talking about have a lot to do with perhaps that this was originally a stage play and you got to be a little bit uh, bigger when you're on yeah. stage? Yeah, I bet so. And he he's a theatrical director um, and um, and a character in himself. So I feel like, yeah, they probably played with it, especially because especially, this isn't just, this isn't a plot driven film it's dialogue and it's like through the situation it's a fairly simple plot it, but it's about the conversations and just them chewing on the words and the arguments so I think that um they probably had to create uh yeah the layers to to make it more theatrical and entertaining and to find to find the uh I don't know the, di- the different levels to take the audience through it yeah I think uh and I mean it I think it's becomes relatively easy though when you have four actors of this cat. I mean, we, it's something we were talking about earlier. Just cast the right people. Yeah. Like this, this movie is so fucking stacked. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah. absolutely incredible. And I, I think I, I mentioned maybe to both of you. I was like, I think I could watch Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman yelling at each other in every movie and not have a different kind of movie probably the rest of my life and be perfectly satisfied with movies. Like <laughs> it is like some people, their ideal is like a big, like Avengers style battle scene. I just want to see the two of them arguing over something very serious. Like mm-hmm. I was stunned. She wasn't in Charlie Wilson's war. Cause I went back to look to see if they were in something together. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that seems like something she would have been in. Yeah. But uh, I like, wish that I like, wish they had been together more. Oh yeah. Should have snuck Philip Seymour Hoffman into Lions for Lambs. Yeah, why not? Or Meryl Streep into Boogie Nights. <laughs> yes. Ooh, yeah. Man. Well, I think that was what I said. On our, uh, I don't know if it, boy, these episodes, you know, peek behind the curtain. We're recording them at all different times in all different order. Uh, but I did suggest that I wanted to see Meryl Streep take his part in Boogie Nights and see what she would have done oh, with it. Oh, my God. Uh, that get- is, that's funny. To give you an like, idea of like uh, Don and I's tastes, he said the Boogie Nights. I said I wanted Meryl Streep to have Bill Murray's part in Space Jam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the point. She she's done everything at this point that I feel like she'd be game. Yeah, to do, to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was just like and yeah, she's still playing basketball, obviously, yeah. Yeah. and uh, she's excellent at it because she did. You know, you know, it was you know next. We got Ricky and the Flash coming up in a few weeks, and she's oh, rocking yeah. out of the guitar. She I, learns I, how to do things. I have so. not seen that one yet, but it's definitely, I have a curiosity for it. Oh, recording that episode tomorrow, and we are excited for it. Oh, yeah. get, get ready, people. Oh, Ricky yeah. Ricky is coming. But, um, but yeah, I mean, something like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but going down, you know, down the lineup to Amy Adams and Phil Davis, all doing really amazing things. It's just like, yeah, movies are so complicated, but at the same time, you get someone with Roger Deakins' photography skill level, put the camera on, light it correctly on one of those four actors, mm-hmm. boy, it's just watchable. Yeah, like, they can be is. reading the phone book, and it's just, it's so beautiful. And, you know, I think the, the, the scene for me in this movie, I, you, guys, you all might have a different one, but it's really is the big confrontation scene between 
Merrill and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I think um, it's just masterful. She's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he, in a part, again, much like Joanna Kramer, actually, this could hit what he was doing could have leaned really hard into just a, you know, classically ugly character or, you know, Pre- the, creepy, the, yeah, the abusive yeah. priest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get through that scene, you're like, where is he at? I'm still like really like yeah. off kilter with it. And they're both wondering that about each other. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and it's like, what, what was that? There was one moment. So there's the big moment where she breaks down in the end, obviously. But there was like a, a first moment where Meryl Streep, like, she doesn't like break down, but she does like almost cry a little bit or like her like tone fluctuates. I cannot remember. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? Well, there's a couple, but I, I remember that when she takes um, maybe Adams into the like little shed and she like, she's like, I was afraid this moment was coming, but now it's happened. And you, and you realize, cause she's been such a hard ass, but you're like, she really does care about these kids and like, she's doing everything mm-hmm. to protect them. So I think that that's when it started kind of unraveling is when she first got the, um, the clue that it actually that her biggest fear was happening and that she was going to have to act on it yeah and i think um you know the, the other big the other big scene to go off that one is her scene with viola davis yeah. and how she reacts to yeah what like the kind of the viola davis's character's surprising take on everything that's well, going on totally yeah. and, and you've heard you've heard about uh her story right like she was fairly new this was a huge break for her and you know it's such a small role but she did like something like 30 pages of backstory oh wow oh my god and showed up on set and did that and everyone was like what the fuck and like <laughs> and she and she got her oscar nomination but like no one like saw the depth that she brought to that character and we first Amazing. got introduced to the Viola Davis snot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see that snot later. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll, it'll right. secure her her Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> hear, hear that, all you acting hopefuls. Show us the snot. Oh, yeah. man. I will say no, one. No, oh, sorry, no go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. I, I'm going. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, one, uh, one thing that's funny is there's that one scene where they're all, like, dancing, and then that one kid does the mashed potato. I, I was trying to imagine what that dance would have been had that film been filmed in our time. And I'm thinking, I guess it would have been flossing. Like the kid would have been flossing. Oh my God, yes. Or maybe, or maybe if it was like in the 90, late 90s, it would have been, uh, what's like the dance like for ska? Like skanking, I think. So like the Mighty Mighty Boss yeah. dance. character quick technical difficulties audience it happens it happens it happens uh, you know getting back to just the kind of all-star roster of this cast i think much like kramer versus kramer they're just they're just putting out great the i think that is kind of the key to these adult dramas it's just having the best possible actors the most watchable possible actors in there because you're not going to get the fireworks you get in you know a fast and furious Oh, no way, movie. no way. And, like, I think, too... You like, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I think, too, like, the dialogue is so good. What's interesting, though, I will say this about Doubt. What differentiates Doubt and Kramer versus Kramer for me is I do think... I feel like Kramer versus Kramer hinges more on the 
on the Dustin Hoffman and like the I think the actors for Kramer versus Kramer are so good and they fill those niches of those roles very well. And I feel like with Doubt, I love Doubt and the performances in this movie are so great. You could make an argument that maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, no, nah, I will say, I'm going to go with it. I think anyone, the act, I think like if you got like really good actors, the dialogue is so good that it'd be fun to watch another version of this movie with different people. Because yeah. the other thing is like Francis yeah. McDormand was almost cast as uh, Meryl Streep's character. Oh my God. And that would have been like a crazy, like, whoa, what would that been like? And like, yeah. uh, like I think- It would have like, been just as successful. Yeah. And it, yeah. it would, but in a different, it's like, that's like the beauty of this, uh, of the script is like, yeah, it is like, it's made for great actors to hone mm-hmm. their craft, basically. Yeah. This is just like, a, it's almost like, a, it almost feels like uh, one movie is like an elegantly made, like fancy restaurant meal. And then like mm-hmm. doubt is almost like, like the best version of a Chipotle where like, like you could like put like the bet like the ideal not not dissing it because it's like this isn't chipotle this is like this is like free birds for all the people from texas we're like <laughs> we're like it has like you could put like the if you have as long as you have ingredients of high quality you can mix and match them and it'll be good like well you, you you do it was a play i read this play early on and wanted to play the amy adams character so badly um that was always like a dream of mine because i i have been cast as nuns before and like have that face oh, really? <laughs> um, but um uh what was i going i to actually say? uh sorry i was just, oh, no no good i was just okay. saying I have, i've actually played a nun on ucb on the ucb's main stage which is very oh, weird fine. if you want i'll find a picture of me in a nun in my nun habit while you uh <laughs> that's funny but yeah so i think yeah it was kind of written to be in there and then it's such a um castable four-person show that literally there's hundreds of productions probably going on like at all moments every high school and college is doing them or at least seed work from it yeah yeah i think that's even why like i did it in like my most amateur acting class Mm -hmm. possible we i didn't do it but we it was assigned to another uh couple actors to do it you know i felt you know bad almost because it's like now that we've uh, most people i think they're kind of knowledge is this movie so it's like now that you're stepping into Meryl Streep's quote-unquote part or Philip Seymour Hoffman's quote-unquote part now it's like boy what am I gonna do that isn't like just riffing on I don't know if you've ever run into that with something when you've looked at a play Karina I mean I just did Lady Macbeth yeah Um, (laughs) so I mean talk about how every great actress (laughs) and also you can see my 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 fucking cargo shorts under my habit (laughs) and my boat shoes that's great that's i went to catholic high school i know i didn't know that no i i did i'm not not catholic but i went to the catholic high school and it was a strange experience Mm -hmm. nonetheless uh but you were saying Karina, about stepping into lady Macbeth, which obviously like tons of great people have played oh yeah and especially i think i had uh watched a lot of footage of like judy dench doing it <laughs> and then obviously marion cotier and yeah like and then Ooh, yeah. so that my first day of rehearsal was the first day of shooting for francis mcdormand doing it with joel cohen and i'm just so glad oh. that the movie did not come out before i did it <laughs> yeah because <laughs> um, oh. yeah it's, it's gonna be uh, francis mcdormand and denzel washington so yeah wow um, absolute must see Yes, absolutely. But it is interesting how to kind of bring out new things 
when it yeah. comes to these like old texts and stuff like that. It would be interesting to see. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, Meryl Streep has done that a few times here, playing big, big roles, coming in and stepping into shoes. But I think, um, yeah, the best actors definitely make it their own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you do the work, you separate yourself from it, and then. Um, you know, I, and I, I think that you can watch someone's performance and like learn from that character. And then you kind of just put it through your own filters and start over again. Yeah. And it is, it, this, and this is like a specifically like Meryl Streep flavor of this character. Like that is like, oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah. get her like her classic, like, you know, her finger movements, her like, <laughs> she's so like uh, kinetic and like, I feel like she's always like a little twitchy, but in a really fun, interesting oh, yeah. way. Yeah. 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 One thing, her relationship with her props was like always caught my eye in this, um, like with the the rosaries or you know even the like the tea set, like any anything that she was touching. Yeah. Um, oh, how she held like the uh, did she hold was that in this that she held like the blanket up like as a baby at one point or her scarf, mm-hmm. um, and it was like such an interesting choice, a very theatrical choice um, that I don't know if her or John Patrick Shanley came up with it, but it was definitely like a very theatrical like symbolic move um, of like taking care of the child. I think yeah. that was this movie. Um, so yeah, she she definitely you can tell like gets into the space and like connects with like her her circumstances and her props and like makes them very real. She she moves incredibly well mm-hmm. on screen. Like all of her movements are so fluid, but they're also like within character. Like every physical, like it, you know, she tilts her head or you know just anything she does. It's obviously very like thought out and methodical but it feels right and at the same but at the same time you don't think it's like all pre-decided like yeah like living in the moment listening um and her reactions are very earnest i think so yeah interesting interesting thing that just crossed my mind too is that between kramer versus kramer and doubt uh we have each of their generations willie loman in this because dustin hoffman of course played The internet went out completely. Uh, awesome. I was gonna say it was. It's been kind of glitchy the whole time. Oh boy. Okay. Hopefully, fresh yeah. start. Yeah, we're making profound. I was making a profound point about Willie Lomans of their generations, but uh, you know, we can move <laughs> ahead. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so yeah, Patrick, a little more editing this week. Oh than, yeah. No, we're gonna beep previously. Some yep. Beep some boobs. Gonna pull. Gonna pull out my cartoonishly huge scissors and <laughs> chop my laptop in half. <laughs> so, so did you all decide who won? No. <laughs> no, so no, I, no. We, talk, we talked about how we felt about the ending of Dallas, ah, but we haven't okay. gone that far. Yeah. No, I think, um, I don't know where you, you guys go ahead where you were at and I'll, I'll die, jump in. I think we, we had kind of talked yeah. about the ending and we were waiting for you. Yeah, oh, well, I, I thought, um, okay, so I thought the, uh, the ending... The final line of the movie is a little rough, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's, you know, a little too, a little too on the nose. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I, I do this every episode and I feel like such an asshole giving notes to people who are actually successful. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you all did a great job. You're better than I am. But I kind of think that if she had just started to cry and Amy Adams had kind of like just taken her arms, they didn't have the 
interesting moment yeah we have been with them enough that we they, know they're good enough actors we get exactly what's happening in this scene yeah. we don't need for her to explicitly say i have so much doubt yeah you know, it it was the only thing in the movie that again this is a theatrical movie and in theater you're allowed to kind of be a bit bigger with hitting your themes mm-hmm. you know than in cinema where you're you know, cinema is a visual medium, you know, so yep. like show it. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I do think it would be great, though, if uh, every movie ended with uh, the main character saying the title of the film yeah. in a hand. Like, <laughs> 100%. Uh, uh, and like through tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, the end of Armageddon, Bruce Willis, Willis is like, yeah, we, we, we prevented Armageddon, yeah! <laughs> I, I like the idea of uh, Christian Bale looking over at Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence and Jeremy Renner <laughs> at the end of American Hustle and go, wow, that really was an American Hustle, wasn't it, guys? <laughs> Man, it's, it's pretty hard being the machinist. <laughs> all, all Christian Bale movies. Well, Mark, well, Mark, it's really true. You really are the fighter. <laughs> Guess yeah. this was Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, he has an American accent in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, each, each of the Batman films. Man, she sure seems like Batman really began. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. That was just Christian Bale, folks. We could go on with many other actors. Just oh, let us yeah. know if you want to hear that. I could, yeah. Like uh, Tommy Lee Jones, like at the end of Cobb. I am Cobb! Yeah. And just like, blackout <laughs> it, it, it always will work best if it's a movie with like a character's name like mm-hmm. and that was my story i'm juno <laughs> uh, that one almost gave me a I, did i tell you i had a dream the other day where like uh, i don't usually have nightmares but i had a nightmare recently where i had a heart attack and died on my floor oh god <laughs> that was like such wow. a wow yeah <laughs> Sorry to drop that. I don't know. It was like the it was the first time I've had a nightmare in maybe like two years. Like a legit huh. like because I usually like I said not an emotional guy. I don't really like all my dreams. I feel like I see my dreams like it's like I'm seeing movies through my eyes and I have like that same like emotional connection. But that mm-hmm. was like the first time in like maybe since I was a kid where I was like, oh wow, I fear death. Like this sucks. <laughs> Back to the let's. Oh, on that note, let's determine what movie uh, what yeah. act that role. <laughs> Oh, man. I think that's a, I think that could be considered a theme for both these films. Oh yeah, um, yeah, fearing death, yeah. Yeah, um, theme in my life now. So as our audience knows, we're basing this off of performance rather than film. I think uh, all around we liked both of these films, so I think this is going to be a it's tough, a real interesting vote, real tough competition they, here. They, Kramer they are, versus they, Kramer, doubt. Yeah. They're polar opposites. They are <laughs> so different. And they're kind of like the best of both, like, yeah. Like, one is, like, the best of the raw. One is, like, an amazing example of, like, the constructed, like, yeah. Like, I don't know. The, like, the, the, sh- the showier. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Which I love. Like, I love, like, I love, yeah. Like, I love Christoph Waltz in, in Glorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. I love, like, yeah, those con- weird constructed, like, characters that only exist in movies but are so fun to watch and you're mm-hmm. constantly entertained. Yeah. Um, it seems like this might just come down to uh, both both quality performances might come down to pure taste. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Patrick, you want to uh, start it off with your final ruling? 
Okay, uh, this is like in God. I like went into this. Uh, it's so hard. Like these are both really good movies, and I was. Uh, and it's funny. I'm not gonna lie. Like I went into Kramer versus Kramer, kind of being like, uh, "This is definitely not gonna be as good as I remember it." Because I remember watching this in high school and being kind of like, like wowed by it. But I was also wowed by a Scanner Darkly in high school, and like, yeah. So like, oh, that's not that's not a bad film. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. But it's like I don't know. Like or like it's like I was kind of nervous that it'd be like a thing where like. Uh, like I uh, made a bigger, made it a bigger deal in my head than it actually was in terms of quality. And while there are definitely like parts of it, like also like on top of it, like just like the uh, everything surrounding it, the the miasma of like of Hoffman, the 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 the, the specter of uh, being an asshole <laughs> that that is per that permeates this film. Uh, it's like you know you go in, but uh, Meryl Streep is like so, like it is like I still think like her first scene is like the best. Uh, acting I've seen so far in this uh, in this uh, tourney we've been doing mm-hmm. and it's so and I connected with that on such a visceral level and I love that feeling of like connecting with someone and feeling like having to like you know not even like a sympathy thing you almost feel like empathy like you know it's like oh man what if that was me in that situation um I guess it's still sympathy but uh, <laughs> not empathy because I haven't I haven't been divorced not yet baby uh need to get married first uh, uh bucket list bucket list yep that's on, that's number one <laughs> yeah it's one of the things I want to do before I die when I'm 82 whenever <laughs> get married yeah. and then divorced <laughs> and, and then divorced and then, and then yeah, divorced, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna do that yeah I'm gonna do that at 85 with a a, a Jack Nicholson type but uh yep. uh doubt is also very very good like that movie like uh, way better than I remember it being, honestly. Like, her performance is so killer in it. Like, she's such a fun character. She is, like, she, like, in the beginning, she is such, like, a, I don't know, like, that whole, like, did you guys have, like, okay, this is gonna be a weird question. Did you guys have, like, a teacher in your school that would, like, was kind of, like, the Meryl Streep type person? Because, like, I, I, I like, at my, at my school, like, there was, like, a Spanish teacher. Like, it wasn't, like, quite at the level of Meryl Streep, but she would, like, she used to be like a softball pitcher in college and she would throw pieces of chalk at kids that were sleeping in her class. Yeah. <laughs> and so like she had like little bits of like, but like everyone like, like uh, maybe like you shouldn't like the person like that. I don't know. We can talk about that yeah. another time. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's our, uh, our teachers podcast will be coming out soon. Oh, so yeah. if you've got scary <laughs> teacher stories, come to us. Also called the Academy Academy. Interestingly enough, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very confusing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, our, <laughs> subscribe to both. Subscribe to both. Please, <laughs> I need this. Uh, but uh, God, uh, but uh, she's very like. Uh, yeah, she's so good. So she's, much doubt. I have so much. I have so much doubt. Oh man, story of my life, baby. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, she's yeah, she's so fun as that character, and she she uses every tool in the toolbox, and it's like she does. You know, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the she's just like a seasoned pro at that point. She's just like, yeah, she's like, she she has every, but I have to, I can't believe I'm saying this because they're so short. Her performance is so short, but it's so, it, it nothing in doubt affected me the way that like her performance in Kramer versus Kramer affected me. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, like, uh, with doubt, I could like it'd be so much fun like you know I could like fantasy cast different variations of doubt forever and it'd be so much fun like you know Robin Williams in the Philip Seymour Hoffman role or oh, like he'd yeah be great. oh yeah, yeah he would be great that would that that would slap and like yeah or like uh 
Uh, all Olivia Coleman in the Meryl oh, Streep role, man, oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. good. And then like, yeah, and the, you could just do that. I could do that forever. And so uh, I have to give it to Kramer versus Kramer because I think Meryl Streep makes that. And it's that role is so she, she took poop and turned it into yeah. sushi. Like it is so <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's incredible what she did. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, and then not that, not that it's not that extreme, but like I don't know if the role was poop. But it wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't poop. But like there, there, there's poopy moments though. She makes the yeah. poopy moments less poopy. It's like it's yeah. very. That's my technical. So I have to give it. Yeah. I can't believe it. Kramer versus Kram. Mm-hmm. I believe that was in uh, one of Stanislavski's books, The Poop to Sushi. <laughs> acting uh yeah, that's a, it's in uh yeah that's in uh, the ucb handbook and then yep. you gotta turn poop into <laughs> quote a matt messer quote yeah. um <laughs> wow one vote for kramer versus kramer interesting 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 i will go next mm-hmm. um before we started recording today i was pretty certain what i was going to pick Ooh. and you know as we've gone through at, some really, really strong points have been made about both films that made me kind of rethink them in different ways. Um, you know, to me, Kramer versus Kramer, for better or worse, I, it's Dustin Hoffman's film. Mm-hmm. And true. I just feel like we're so with him. He's got the emotional arc. He's the what? He's the character who goes, you know, goes to the change, goes to the adjustment, that, that kind of stuff. We're kind of with him as he grows. Um, I found her, yeah, like every, absolutely amazing points made about kind of like her subtlety, her nuance throughout the performance. Um, I still found her a bit mysterious Mm -hmm. in the film. Like I thought I knew Ted in and out, positives and negatives. And um, yeah, I think it's something I mentioned. It's like, I want to see her in California. I want to see her more with the boy. I want to see her in her element where she's not even reacting to Ted so much as like seeing what Joanna wants out of her life even more and more specifically, not to go back to like marriage story again, but we do get to see Scarlett Johansson go home to her family in California without Adam Driver's character there and kind of see, and she has that wonderful scene with Laura Dern where she first goes to the divorce attorney and kind of explains herself and does that monologue. And I would have just loved to see, I know it's a different time and I know it's a different type of movie really. Um, I would have loved to see that for this Joanna Kramer character. Like just to get to know her a little bit more. I think Meryl Streep did everything and more to get us there. But I think that there were some script story issues that just made it a little more difficult to get over the hump, uh, mm-hmm. for me at least, with, to, get to, to really get in with the character as much. Um, when talking about doubt, uh, you know, I, I did mention like, I thought she, the way that they were, the way that everything was revealed, I think that Shanley's script and play, this is something that he knew inside and out and thus was able to give her from a writer end and a director end pretty much everything she would need to take it from there. I don't Mm -hmm. think that there was um, 
this is something that obviously he worked on for decades, if you include all the time he was writing the play. So there are no loose, there's not a lot of loose ends in this story. Admittedly, though, as Kramer mentioned, it is a pretty minimal story. Like Kramer versus Kramer has a bigger scope, a lot more going on. This is the handful of days at this school and handful of scenes of these people kind of beating around the bush, kind of what they really mean. Um, you know, that being said, I found um, the arc, what she was given to do, her, the generosity too of something that we didn't bring up, um, I, and it has come up on previous episodes, I think Meryl Streep is one of the most generous scene partners yeah. in movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, something we kind of tiptoed around, it doesn't seem like Dustin Hoffman is the most generous of scene partners at times. Like he's, Dusty's getting his first and you kind of have he's to work his, around. He, 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 yeah, he's getting his Oscar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doubt though felt like much more of a team effort. Everybody yes. was on the same page. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams and Viola Davis all just sang the same notes with Meryl perfectly throughout each scene. And I thought Meryl gave them so much to bring out the differences in their, the kind of nuance and the um, complications in their parts. Um, so I, long, long story short, I preferred her performance in Doubt. Wow. And I'm voting for Doubt. Uh, I just thought she, it, it was a, she had more. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was a lot for man. Oh, I man. thought it was a very interesting character and got to more levels than I think Joanna Kramer did. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to you, Karina. You are the deciding vote. Yeah. Oh, man. Keep, it's keep tough. In, you're going to sure. lose a friendship if you pay <laughs> <laughs> um, It's really hard. So when you gave these two to me, I, I was thinking that it was very unfair. They're complete polar opposites <laughs> and 30 years apart. Um, and I was almost completely sure I was going to pick Kramer versus Kramer. Um, just like with the uh, historical um, accolades and and like um, how much, yeah, pe- people appreciate it and um, you know where where it stands in film history. And then I watched them both, and I forgot that she had so little screen time. Um, but what she did, especially early on in her career, um, with with so little, um, and how raw she is, how little she's pushing, and then I was blown away with with doubt of, of all the tricks and ponies. So I, I watched them and was really confused. I thought maybe I was leaning more towards doubt, um, but came in today deciding like, I don't have to decide. Well, let's just talk about it. And I think that what I'm, I think it's more impressive that she did so much with so little at such a young age and she pushed so little and that she stood her on with those circumstances. Like she's had 30 years, of course she's like, um, of course she's phenomenal in doubt and she pulls out all the, all the tricks and it's more it's it's more skilled in technique but i am going to give her more credit for what she did with kramer versus kramer i think wow. yeah wow. I, I, and i did i can't believe i'm saying that oh. i and i i still don't i, I still have doubt about that um, <laughs> oh, so much but, doubt <laughs> but I, I just think it's more impressive what she was I, I feel like less actresses would be able to do what she did in those circumstances at that age um than what she did in doubt all great points. Friendship is not lost. I understand <laughs> completely. Um, and you know, that doubt was actually my pick going into today, too. Yeah. Uh, but 
Uh, yeah, no, great points. Wonderful, wonderful conversation. Wonderful uh, matchup. Boy, we'll miss you, Doubt, but Kramer versus Kramer Man. moves on to the second round of the Academy region to play the winner of the French Lieutenant's Woman versus the Iron Lady. Wow. Get ready for that one in a few weeks, folks, because that's wow. going to be a doozy of an episode. Yeah. Oh, man. What a, this is like, this was probably the most stacked, like, bracket we've done. Like, it yeah. is like, it is like. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's it, tough. Oh, man. Because it's like, it's so There's crazy. no into the woods in this round. Well, and, exactly. And, or or Mamma Mia. <laughs> and, she, and she has more of a leading part in the other one. So it, it's really hard to compare them. Mm-hmm. But. but Meryl, as always, great in both. That's that's what we really want to tell you. Yeah, come uh, on the show. Quick, quick side note: I have a, my my singing teacher always tells me the story that early on he was he saw a play in New York and Broadway and he was like, "Who is this young actress?" <laughs> and he was so enamored by her work. She, he's like, "This girl is going to be a star," but like didn't know her name. Went back every night for like a week and a half while he was in New York. He just couldn't stop watching her performance. And then one night. It, she was like so bad and so disconnected and and or not I don't I don't know if I would say bad but he was like what is this I've been here every night and she's so disconnected she's distracted like what is going on and he, he later found out it was Meryl Streep and that was the day she found out her fiance was dying oh, and, and that and he and then I think he went back again and she was amazing but for yeah. that one one performance he was like what happened to her um incredible incredible little side note imagine just like running into that though like who is this oh my god i just saw a miracle person oh yeah oh yeah well was it her fiance or her boyfriend uh i I don't know if they were engaged but they were i mean they were a long time together and living partners and yeah the great john casale of course the famous five movies five best picture nominations wow i will say yeah i will say that uh it's really funny that like, yeah, being in that scenario, cause like, so I'm an improviser, right? So like my version of that, if it ever happens, it's gonna be like, oh, I remember seeing that guy in the clubhouse pretending to be MC Grimace at a show with yeah. like, yeah, he's like, what, you know, he had an improv scene where like he posited what it'd be like if Grimace the purple McDonald's mascot was a famous DJ. And How did he do it? How yeah. did he do it? He's a genius. <laughs> and he just won an Oscar for portraying Gerald Ford. Wow. Like, <laughs> it's definitely like for the people who like Steve Carell, they saw it, Second City in like the mid 80s and he was oh, like yeah. farting around on stage. It's like then they see Foxcatcher and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, wow. Who knew this guy would end up in Welcome to Marwin? Yeah. And if you're counting folks at home, that is this week's Welcome to Marwin reference from oh, Patrick. Yeah. I love take that. a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> take a drink. I love me some Welcome to, welcome to Marwin, baby. I what actually is, ha- haven't seen it. Oh, man. What a, I haven't what a either. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Just watch Marwin, Marwin Call. The, yeah, the, the, the document so much better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but that, that amazing matchup this week. I'm so happy to have watched these films. It was my second time seeing Kramer versus Kramer this year. Uh, and I guess based on the way things are going, it might be the third coming uh, up. <laughs> uh, oh, and quick fun. No, did I, I told Don this, but um, I, I was telling my friend I watched out and she told me that if you follow John Patrick Shanley on Instagram, he follows you back immediately. And so he only has like 2000 some followers and 
follows 2000 something. It's the exact number. He follows you back and he went through my things and liked it. So I was very exciting that that happened right after I watched out. And he has an amazing Instagram. He is a weirdo. Oh, that yeah. rules. That's we want to make it clear too. If, if you are that active online, John Patrick Shanley, when I made the comment about not liking the last line, I'm a fool. You have won like big awards. I think I, I think oh. he'll I, I, I think he'll be okay. Oh. Okay, I just want I don't want to hurt it, don't want to hurt his feelings. He's will, one of the, he's one of the greatest writers alive. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that like that's the beautiful Sorry, thing about JPS. <laughs> we love you. Uh, that's like the beautiful thing about like uh, online, I guess, or Twitter or social media is like yeah, occasionally you will like stumble upon like like for some reason I followed. Uh, peter craig the guy who wrote the sequel to the hunger games uh-huh. like on twitter and he like immediately followed me back and it's like oh wow i can talk to peter craig at any moment now yeah just knowing it yeah yeah <laughs> what power was, power yeah. what was elizabeth banks like on set i have so Delight- much delightful oh i would imagine so yeah hey, delightful i liked pitch perfect too that was a fun movie didn't see it meryl wasn't in it yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where that's where I'm at right now. Should have uh, been though. But shall we move on to this week's game, Patrick? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Born, born. Yeah, we we don't uh don't really have a good clever street pun this week, so we're just gonna call this one Double Trouble. <laughs> uh, for Double Trouble, we watched two great movies this week. We watched Kramer versus Kramer. We watched Doubt. But say you're home on a Tuesday evening. It's quarantine time and. Of course you're sitting at home watching movies and you have time for two movies you've just watched out what do you watch next we're going to go to our panel today and give you a few suggestions patrick you just watched kramer versus kramer mm. what do you watch next mm. okay i don't want to do the uh there's like an easy answer to this uh and it's a film we've already talked about you know marriage story uh but you know what uh hmm what is a film you watch with Kramer versus Kramer? This is hard. I might have to. I might have to go with Marriage. Wait, you, wait, wait, you just <laughs> no, raised no. your hand. Oh no, no, you, you say it, say it. Oh, uh, I was you'll, just gonna you'll say. Come I, to me. Yeah, because I was gonna say I think like yeah, Marriage Story would obviously would be the easy answer. That's like the one because like those two movies are so thematically similar. Um, let's see what other Squid Kramer? the Whale. Uh, wait, what? Squid in the Whale. You can do another bomb back. Oh, movie. could do another bomb back. Greenberg. No. Uh, if, if you want another depressing story about marriage, Blue Valentine. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. What a, a great movie! One. I I'm, I cried alone in a movie theater watching that movie. I'll be there honest. you go. There you go. Yeah. I need, I need uh, to. Although yeah. I don't want to bring up the Michelle Williams Meryl Streep war again. <laughs> oh no. Close call. <laughs> yep. The team Williams. They're on us. They're on us every yeah. day. Uh, I, th- I know, um, come back to me. I'll think of another one, but yeah, okay. right now I'll have his marriage story. Uh, well, then we'll swing it over to Karina. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. What do you uh, pair it with? Oh, I said I said it. Oh, oh, uh, oh you said Blue Valentine. You Blue just Valentine. jumped in. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh so, sorry, sorry. No, thought, it's okay. We are all answering for that. And then... <laughs> I thought you were just trying Wait. to give Patrick a hand. <laughs> oh, no. That was oh. My, Blue Valentine was my answer. Yeah. Uh, but do you well, want me to do it for, for, for doubt? Uh, no, yeah, we'll, we'll swing around to doubt okay, after okay, that. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Someone's going to take my answer. Okay, no. Please go, please go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I think Blue Valentine, I love Blue Valentine. I think it's an amazing film. Yeah. And uh, 
definitely it's a very sad film. <laughs> so, um, it's so sad. Yeah. I, I'm trying to like rack my brain for like films about divorces and the only thing I can come up with is like the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Which <laughs> is like, yeah. I don't know if that would like pair pair nicely with maybe it's like that's like a fun amuse, like a dessert after the the the, the steak of Kramer versus Kramer. I don't know. There's some mm-hmm. custody stuff in that. I think it works. Yeah. <laughs> Anaconda. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you could stick with Meryl and watch It's Complicated because isn't that kind of about oh, a divorcee yeah. like finding getting her groove back a bit if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Man. movie. That's Nancy cool. Meyers world. It's all about getting your groove back and it's all good. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah, unfortunately did not make our brackets. We'll, we'll, we'll be hearing about that in our Twitter comments. Yeah. M- oh, missed yeah. opportunity. I still think <laughs> we're going to get like, yeah, we're going to get reamed for not putting the ant bully yeah, the three film, the ant bully, uh, <laughs> on our, all those ant bully heads. They're like, "Where's my favorite Meryl Streep movie?" Yeah, the the movie that was probably uh, turned into like a cartoon on Nickelodeon, I bet, or something, a la Jimmy Neutron. I don't know. <laughs> that was a that was a piece of advice I heard early on about making films. It's like, try and keep it in mind that someone somewhere this will be their favorite movie. It might not be a lot of people, but maybe one person, it is their favorite movie. And you yeah. can sleep well at night that you've pleased one person. There is, yeah, there's like a there's like a guy out there somewhere listening to our podcast fuming who has a tattoo of the Marvin's Room poster on his forehead. Yeah. Just that's, like... <laughs> that's, the, that's the supreme Meryl performance. Yeah. Oh, I, I loved Marvin's Room. Yeah. It was definitely in the peak of my Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> uh, obsession. Yeah. And I loved hearing about uh, hearing about him on set, um, where he would like be goofing around and joking, and like acting a fool. And then they'd call action, and he would like lock in and start crying. And like everyone was like, "Who is this kid?" I mean, they knew who he was by that point. But I think it might have been Meryl Streep or someone that commented about like he could just turn it on in a flash That's, when yeah. other people were sitting around in character and like preparing. He's he's incredible. That is yeah. That'd be a fun. That might be a fun in the future. Might have to yeah. DiCaprio. Let us know if you want to see a DiCaprio bracket, people. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm, I would love, yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in, and I got I, I have a pick to go with Kramer versus Kramer, and that is the uh, War of the Roses, the Danny DeVito mm. film oh, with yeah. uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Kind of at the top of the 90s, Michael Douglas really at his peak of oh, cuck yeah. or cucker. Um, <laughs> 80s and 90s um, rich guy stuff mm-hmm. uh, you know just killing it hitting home run after home run in that exact same role time yeah. and time again oh, yeah. uh, this one ends the way maybe Kramer, you know spoiler they kill each other and um, oh, that they take so fun. they take it all the way and if you want a little taste of um, you've gotten the tears of Kramer versus Kramer now you just want some bitter cynical dark comedy Throwing War of the Roses. Divorce revenge fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I actually just thought of one right now for, uh, I I finally got it. My brain, the two little, uh, the two little brain cells I have left uh, lit a fuse. They they put together (laughs) like two flints. They made a spark. Uh, Win-win, the Paul Giamatti movie. Oh. Where the Tom Tom McCarthy, where uh, he gets a, a kid, like, I forget what the, the exact premises, but he ends up in uh, uh, raising 
like a kid who's like on his like wrestling team or something like that. Like I can't remember what the relationship is with the. Mm. And he's coming in hot with some of his um. Whoa, uh, we just lost you again. He <laughs> turned, turned into a robot for a second. That was like, yeah, that was very Terminator. It was like you said. What is curmud- going on today? <laughs> you said curmudgeon. Yeah. Uh, you said curmudgeon. that is really the new. Um, that is a new quarantine shame of being the one without the good internet connection. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah, that is the yeah, that's the mark you have to bear. Before I just couldn't pay for dinner, and I had to ask, "I'll pay you back at some point." Now this is a social shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, but Kiyomari uh, you know, goes through his curmudgeonly, like classic ashamed character, like kind of Kazanark learns how to be a dad. Yeah. Same, same. I feel like those these movies have similar energies, but maybe Win Win is a little. Although Win Win does a poor job of the of even Kramer versus Kramer of giving you an insight into the mom's character. When you think yeah. about it, yeah. Oh, yeah, so mm-hmm. fun. I think that'd be a, a fun pairing. Or, or uh, just watch the uh, the Before trilogy and just like about relationships. I just watched oh, those yeah. at the beginning of quarantine, all in one night, and I awesome my top favorite movies. Linklater slaps. What a good boy. That's like, and I'm so like, I'm so, I'm so happy. Tech. I'm from Texas, so I'm so happy that like Texas has like not one, but like oh. two good. Because like I feel like there's an alternate reality where like, or not an alternate, like a, there's a world where like there's no directors from Texas and it's all just like Dallas and Hee Haw stuff. But uh, why Ter- would they Ter- stay? Terrence stay Malick there. lives in Austin. Whoa, mon dieu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I crack out? Yeah, but I think that the, that is one of the most impressive things about Linklater is that he has he's a he is a regional filmmaker at oh, the same 100%. time of being a, a globally amazing filmmaker. Like he he stays true. Yeah, he's an Academy Academy Hall of Famer. We all know that. Yeah, and that uh, actually that um, Boyhood because it's you know about yeah. like parents' divorce and a oh, kid's yeah. pr- perspective of like separated parents. That would be oh man, I love because I'll tell you what, like that movie, like it's not perfect, but like uh, that's amazing I, though. Oh, I love. Thank you. Pretty okay, close. Good, good. Pretty close. It. Pretty close. I, I love it because <laughs> like okay, because the thing too is I'm from Houston, right? And so much of that movie is about like being a, a boy growing up in Texas. Like I'm like similar. I think L.R. Coltrane's probably a little younger than me. Uh, let's see. How old is this bad guy? Uh, this good, good guy. This bad. I meant like good guy. Good, good boy. Good guy. Good boy. He's good boy. Good boy. Yeah, he's nineteen ninety four. He's like, uh, he's like only like two or three years younger than me. So like, there are so many moments in that film where like, wow, I met people like this. I lived this kid's life because like, I mean, I wasn't divorced. Uh, my parents are together, but like, uh, but like, uh, there's definitely like, there's like the the second like the dad who's a professor or whatever in that movie. That's such a real Texas person. Like that's such a, a specific type. And it's such a like, yeah, like the guy putting his like alcoholic beverage in the big gulp. Like, oh man, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, what a great, what a great, yeah. Boyhood would pair so nicely yeah. with Kramer versus What a wonderful Kramer. fame, yeah. 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 So you all, you gotta, if you want just a movie marathon all nighter of divorce <laughs> pictures, we just laid it out there for you. This is, this is upbeat and uplifting evening. Um, 12 <laughs> movies to watch before you get married. Yep. <laughs> excellent excellent uh capper to that one uh but let's move on to doubt what are you watching with doubt patrick oh man okay well the obvious one spotlight mm-hmm. yeah pairs nicely uh both about similarly uh, messed up subjects also uh, another movie where they named the title of the movie many times throughout the film yeah <laughs> there's 
I, it is true. Yeah, I guess they do say because it is like that's like the title of the Boston. There's their, uh, their team, but it's like yeah. talking about Spotlight. I think we're talking about Spotlight here. Yeah. Is this Spotlight? This job for Spotlight? I think this is a job for Spotlight. This is a Spotlight scenario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love being on Spotlight. Uh, but uh, let's see, Spotlight, and then um, you know what? I just started uh, watching uh, The Young Pope. Oh, oh, obsessed, obsessed. I watched the first episode. It's so good. This would probably be like a fun. This would be like a fun pairing potentially. I feel like yeah, like yeah, especially because like similar themes, weird like weird Catholic energy. Oh man, Mm -hmm. I love weird. And then the second, the the second season is the new show called The New Pope, but it takes off. But a very like a very interesting twist that I can't tell you about. But it like completely turns into a new show. Um, what, what are these wacky popes getting into? <laughs> these, these goofy popes. These goofball popes. <laughs> this pope's a goofball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love like a 60s Disney uh, oh, 60s um, Disney comedy, the wackiest pope. Jerry Lewis is playing him. Yeah. No question about it. <laughs> yeah, or Don Knotts. Don Knotts would be really good as the oh wacky my God. pope. A Dodd Knotts wacky mm. pope. All the silly things he would do with the hat. Yeah, the a million things with the damn hat, yeah. <laughs> there's a point where he dances with a cartoon penguin for some reason. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> definitely a scene with animated, like, birds or penguins or, like, yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, I'm sorry, my Catholic father. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, because I guess I'm Jewish, but my dad's Catholic. Oh, uh, I, got, I got so much shame. And doubt! Uh, <laughs> so much doubt I have doubts oh man so that's yeah that's what I, I put out I posit uh, Spotlight and then the young Pope great uh, Karina you got any well obviously Spotlight was my first thought but that reminds <laughs> me of one of my favorite movies last year was the two Popes um, oh. talking about Popes oh. ha- have you seen that movie it is incredible the writing you, you also have that same like oh is this going to be long and boring the cinematography is so exciting. The color palette, the like, the set pieces, Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins. It literally, like, mm-hmm. I I could not believe how incredible it was, and that neither of them won the Oscar. Like Jonathan Price should have won the Oscar if it, if it hadn't been the same year. It was last year, right? Yeah, there was um, a lot of great performances. It, it, last it just sucks that he was in the same year as Joaquin Phoenix because Jonathan Price gave the performance of a lifetime. Wow. Um, so highly yeah. recommend. I'll I'll give a hot take. Yeah, like I think I think Joker's a little overrated. That's I don't know. You can't. But you whatever you say. His performance is not overrated. It's, it's one of it's the. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's one I'll, of the best performances of our lifetime. I the, think the Joker. One hundred percent. Really? Okay, that's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. And that's I, fair. I will say one of this as an actor. I think that the like. Yeah, crying, whatever. I think the hardest thing you have to do is fake a laugh, oh, um, or yeah. like laugh in a scene, genuinely laugh. It's it's harder than a like emotional breakdown or driving laughing. And he has to laugh, not only laugh the whole time, but like to such an embarrassing, like humiliating degree that mm-hmm. he won the like deserved Oscar just for that. That's fair. Okay, <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You're, I'm, you're convincing me. I have to like rewatch the movie. And, like, it, his performance is incredible. Regardless if there's flaws to the movie or not. Like, yeah, I, that's fair. I like, yeah. Def- defend his performance is one of the greats in our life. 
I, I will say he's amazing. Like I think like his performance in the Master is like, oh yeah, like goat. Like he's like yeah, he's a goat. Yeah, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, you know, get that, get him some, uh, get him some hay. He's a goat. <laughs> Do goats eat hay? I don't know. Or uh, like he, he well, he's he's a super vegan, so I'm sure. Yeah, he probably eats some sort of fancy hay shake. He yeah. he loves he loves his way around <laughs> just a big bale of hay. Yeah. <laughs> He loves to eat like a carrot with like the green part still on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so vegan he can uh, speak with animals. It's I, true. Actually. That's pretty sick. That'd rule. Good for him. Good, Good for him. Uh, I'm going to stay in the 1990s in the kind of uh, glossy 1990s, mid 90s kind of films. And my pick is Primal Fear. Mm. With uh, Richard Gere and Edward Norton so to pair good. up with that. No, no, no spoilers because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, yes, and, and it, uh, this movie does have one of the great '90s twists at the end of it as well. Uh, but it uh, starts off as a pretty standard legal thriller. Uh, Edward Norton and his first performance that he was nominated for it, and kind of, you know, obviously an incredible actor. And, this is a uh, one of the great like first movies performances. Um, he plays an altar boy who is accused of viciously like graphically horror movie level killing a priest. Wow. Uh, Richard Gere is assigned to be his defense attorney and kind of goes to the case. Laura Linney is the prosecuting attorney, oh, man. and she of course has history with Richard Gere. Um, I think they're love. They were lovers at one point. Um, and yeah, it starts off as a pretty standard legal thriller with the Catholic overtones and takes some pretty surprising twisted twists. Yeah. yeah. Does. And if, after the way to doubt to just kind of deep dive into kind of a semi-classy, semi-trashy 90s legal thriller, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. I think a nice, pal- a nice palate cleanser after um, the, the weight of doubt. Man. I'm gonna go watch that. It is, yeah. That is one of the best. Uh, yeah, that is like one of my. Fa- oh. It was like one of my favorite performances for a long time. The Edward Norton. He's so good. He is one of the like. He is like up there with like a lot of other. And it's funny, like yeah. For some reason, uh, I guess I've heard he's kind of like tough on set occasionally. Like he's one of those guys that's kind of difficult to work. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, he's probably great. Uh, but uh, uh, but uh, yeah. Just yeah. It's a bummer you don't see Edward Norton as much as uh, I don't know. Uh, George Clooney or Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, I feel like he is that caliber of actor. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, picky, yeah. I guess. My guess is he's quite picky. And I think, from what I understand, he um, wasn't he directing had, now too? Oh, he did he's Motherless, a little bit of Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, I saw that, and it was it's an interesting film. I would actually recommend it. It's kind of a very unique thing. Kind of like it had very like last of its kind kind of vibes, mm-hmm. taking like a big literary novel doing a throwback kind of noirish kind of film that doesn't have it's relying completely on characters and actors and ideas and stuff and oh, Edward man. Norton is so such a smart guy it's actually probably too packed with ideas and themes and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, it, it, it seems like it's everything he wants to say about the political universe and social universe right now <laughs> all packed into this one thing and um yeah, I've heard he's pretty hands-on. Like he likes to do uncredited rewrites on scripts for movies he's in and that kind of thing. And um, so I think he's both picky, and I think he also likes to have be able to 
put a spin on it. Have a bit more creative input than just showing up and putting in a really, really great performance and focusing on that end of things. Like there was stories that he even shadow directed parts of American History X. Wow. Um, That's much to much to the chagrin of the director of American History X. Yeah, I feel like Tony Kay is such a weirdly specific. Yeah. Strange guy to begin with, <laughs> you know. He did it on. He apparently did the final writing on Frida, the mm. Salma Hayek movie, when he was dating her, and he just got his hands on the script <laughs> and went for it. So he's got kind of a history of coming in and doing stuff like that. And yeah. some people find it helpful. I think some people probably find it a little overstepping. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, but I think he's great too. I also oh. want to add like one more. I just thought of another my the two my two last brain cells once again. <laughs> the flint, the flint of brain cells made a spark again. Uh, Twelve Angry Men. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I played the the lead in that in college, but uh, it was co-ed, so they um, or the lead, but like you know the, the oh right like the, 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 the Henry yeah. Fonda part. Or yeah, Henry yeah. Fonda, yeah. yeah. Um, but we called it 12 Angry Americans because it was... Oh. <laughs> it should have just been called 12 Angry Jurors, but... Um. Yeah, I love 12 Angry Americans, though. That's like a yeah. funny, specific... Uh, yeah. No, but that's like a good, yeah. But I think like it's like this movie does have that same... Like I feel like Meryl Streep and Henry Fonda are like kind of doing a similar thing, so they have to like convince other people. Mm. Except one yeah, is like Amy Adams and like, oh man. Oh, are we going to do our tooch, by the way? Oh yeah, we, uh, you're act great memory. I wanted to bring up one quick thing, too. I think... Korea was saying about the tricks of being a veteran actor and stuff like that. I think Henry Fonda is doing some of that in mm. 12 Angry Men as yeah. well, because he was at that stage of his career at that point where he'd already, you know, he'd been in Academy. I, no, he hadn't won Academy Award yet. He won real late for On Golden Pond, but right. um, mm. did nominate, very celebrated actor. Yeah. Um, but yes, Patrick, thank you. Uh, Karina, one of uh, the most beloved new segments on this show is uh our first week episode we took a look at a film julia and julia Uh and we fell not only fell in love with meryl streep we fell in love with stanley tucci who plays her husband in that film and 100 i want to smooch that tooch yep exactly and every week we like to spotlight a supporting member of either film as our stanley tucci Supporting player MVP of the week. <laughs> who, who, gave, who helped put Meryl over the top this week with their profound supporting acting to her? Uh, Patrick, you want to give your Tucci this week? Oh, I have I have a Tucci warmed up, uh, fresh out of the, the the Tucci oven, where I bake my little my little Tucci <laughs> awards for every person uh, with the help of the mouse on my head, like Ratatouille. Uh, let's see. Um, I want to so I want to do like an honorary like an honorary mini tooch like this isn't like a full tooch I'm giving this person this is like a side tooch or like a mini tooch oh. I mean yeah. uh, to, to Howard Duff as the lawyer uh just the whole like uh and, and Kramer versus Kramer so like the guy with the mustache that, uh, Dusty's lawyer yeah Dusty's lawyer and I love I just love like he's such a weird like his mustache is great and he has that cane and the cane makes him look like a wizard. Like he feels like he feels like like a Harry Potter character for some reason. Like there's something about him that's very like like this guy is from another time. I don't know. Like he was just kind of fun. Uh, He's got I, distinct. Uh, they couldn't get Jack Warden vibes. I don't know if you know Jack Warden. Oh he's yeah. Like in shampoo and being there. He's like mm. a key seventies old guy actor who's great in everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like Howard Duff is definitely like yeah. He's like the the guy. He's like. He's like the the Josh Gad to Jack Warden's Jonah Hill. Like, 
<laughs> but uh but i just love i just loved his like look and i loved his cane and i just imagined him like performing spells on the side and saying things about muggles and whatnot um let's see uh the real tooch the the on the real tooch i have to give it to uh uh amy adams in doubt mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really talk about her at all and i think it's so weird like philip seymour hoffman was great and meryl streep was great those those performances were so powerful but amy adams like crushed it with yeah, such a and, and it was so like i don't know like i just love like uh this there's like a version of this movie that's like you kind of see her arc too like i feel like she almost has a clear arc that meryl streep sometimes where she goes from this person that's so like pure and innocent and like you know like legitimately like unironically loves frosty the snowman yeah to someone yeah. who's just like almost like slightly broken by everything she's experienced and it's such a yeah. oh man she like it's a yeah, great Great point, Patrick, on the Amy Adams character, because it really is that maybe Shanley would even say this. The movie could be about her journey from innocence to experience yeah. within this world. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, yeah, and it is like this thing too. Yeah. By the end, she almost, yeah, she has that like, yeah, because she uses, she ends up using that, uh, the, the, the little picture of the Pope too. And so, like, yeah, she grows as a human being. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a great. And then to tr- tr- trust herself and like and go against what Meryl Streep is telling her to think, like she made a decision yeah. to believe, believe him. Definitely, great, great. Uh, congratulations, Amy, um, <laughs> for your tooch. Uh, Karina, do you, do you want to highlight any specific supporting player we saw this week? No, I mean I'll will support that because it's hard. Kramer versus Kramer. She's literally not acting with anybody, but Dustin yeah. Hoffman and the kid for a second, but the kid's like asleep or yeah, you know, like he doesn't have any like scenes with her um the waiter in Kramer versus Kramer for you know not knowing that the glass was going to be thrown yeah. um, <laughs> oh, no. uh and yeah I I support I think Amy Adams was great she was still kind of in that like um that role of getting cast as like really sweet and naive whether it was like Junebug which was a little bit more damaged and innocent <laughs> and naive and then Enchanted which oh, is one yeah. of my favorite performances of hers and so this was kind of in that before she you know yeah I'm sorry, getting a little darker roles, but I think she was wonderful. And you could tell they just played off each other so much. And Amy Adams brought a lot of like light and, and funness to her role or performance. Interesting thing too. Uh, uh, this is uh, Meryl and Amy Adams are their second pairing of our tournament. Julia and Julia, oh, of, yeah, course. of course. Yeah. You know, our, and we, we, we talked quite extensively about Amy Adams' performance of that episode. So we gave her that and... Um, <laughs> You know, another callback, one of Amy Adams' first films, uh, Charlie Wilson's War, Meryl Streep, not in it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so bring still, it back home. Still, still not over that. Yeah, still not over that. Mike Nichols, you know, I know you're, you're dearly departed, but think about recasting. Bring yeah. Meryl into that. Wait, hear, me, hear me out. Charlie Wilson's War of the Roses. Oh, wow. there you go. There you go. Bring there it all go. back home. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to jump off what Patrick did and give a side Tucci Award this yeah. week. Um, <laughs> and I have to give it, I was so impressed with Jane Alexander and Kramer oh, versus yeah. Kramer. Yeah, but they don't have and seats together. That, that's why it's a, that's yeah. why it's a side yeah. Tucci. Yeah. I wish they, I wish they had. I yeah. That could have yeah. happened in that opening 10 minutes. She could have gone downstairs and complained about Hoffman in, or in but, that scene. But you feel like you knew their relationship and their one look in the courtroom. Like, yeah like uh how much of a breach and like heartbreak it was for her character to have Meryl Streep leave her too yeah yeah and, I, and her how torn she was because 
she was so clearly friends with Joanna for all those years. But in the year Joanna's gone and she gets to know Ted, she becomes to like understand and love Ted as well. So it's like be, she, she got to play the kind of had to pick between parents part yeah. because they were never going to put the kid on the stand, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but my winner this week, I, you know, I'm going for, for uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, I got to, I know to, it seems, it seems obvious, but uh, he's fucking incredible in this movie and they bring out so much in each other. You know, like we said, could, they should have been in a million movies together. It's a damn shame they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been on stage together. It would have been great to see them on stage together, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got to give it up to the big man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, for the Tucci Award this week. Was uh, was Philip Seymour Hoffman ever, like, cast as, like, a cool uncle in a movie? Uh, Almost Famous would probably be the closest one off the top of my head. He's, like, an official... Uh, or an unofficial cool uncle. Yeah, yeah. He, has, like, he just has like the aura of a cool uncle. He just has that that like uh, like that's his like that's like his platonic form. It's just a fun uncle. I still to this day quote that scene where he's going through the records at the top of that movie, and he just picks up the yes sound. He goes yes, no, and throws it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, Laura Laura Linney doesn't have uh, kids in. Um, Savages? Oh, Savages, does Man. she? No, I don't believe she does. Okay. That is a good I only movie. saw that one once, but uh, yeah, they're very good in that. I, mean, I like seeing him. He's obviously so good at playing intense and scary and, or broken, but he had a wonderful warm side that he could bring out. I mean, obviously, um, Nurse Phil in Magnolia would be mm-hmm. my favorite oh, yeah. war, warm Philip Seymour Hoffman oh. character. Oh, yeah. Just rewatch I- that. I like. I think he's like fun and weirdly warm in uh, the Big Lebowski. Like I love his like yeah. weird. What a fun, goofy. Like it's one of those like almost like thankless roles too, where it's like enough to be memorable and kind of meaty. But he's never gonna get like nominated for an Oscar for like that role. You know what I mean? That was kind of at his peak though. Like I remember seeing like that was around the time where I I I think I just turned around seventeen when Big Lebowski came out. So I was finally able to like not have to beg anyone to take me to go see a movie. I had a driver's <laughs> license. I could see any movie legally. So I was seeing everything. And Philip Seymour Hoffman was definitely one of those actors who kept showing up in the movies that I was going to see and being like, oh, that guy's great in everything. Well, maybe I love seeing him. need to do the next one about him. Yeah. There's, there's plenty to work from. Man, oh, it'd yeah. be so much. That would be so great. There's so many. So actors. Great. That's the, there's too many actors. I want to yeah. do so many actors for this. Uh, so I'm calling it the Masters winning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Right off the bat, but he's winning for the Master. Yeah. yeah he's incredible. He pulled off, if you can pull off saying pig fuck like that without like it, it being like silly and campy, like, you know. Jo- Joaquin gets the fireworks in that movie, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is the is the foundation mm. of it all and, and amy adams another yeah. oh man all these oh, callbacks oh so, man <laughs> all winners everywhere we could do amy adams easily for one of these brackets and we'd have a blast oh yeah. god yeah hey i love her in big eyes that's a good one so let us also know people the- keep us posted on what you want to see we've got weeks upon weeks of streep though still to come oh yeah so uh stay, stay with us on that Wow, uh, this has been an awesome episode. This has been one of my favorite ones, despite the technical difficulties oh, that I take full blame for. No, you, um, you good, dog. You good. I control the internet. 
I don't know if you ever knew that about me. That but, is uh, true. You are, yeah, you are the uh, shady uh, organization that runs the entire internet. Yeah. My real last name is Internet. Toddled um, Internet. Yeah, exactly. I when, when you should have known. I should have known. <laughs> Suddenly, I like go back in flashbacks and like you know. I oh, so yeah, the end of the usual. It's the end of usual suspects. She <laughs> dropped the cup. Yeah. Uh. So, but uh, it was such a fun time. Karina, is there anything you want to like plug before you we drift away here? No. Okay. <laughs> she's a great, she's an awesome actor. I've worked with her. How, how many, we've done a ton of, we, we've done yeah. a ton of stuff together. Yeah. And um, I'm excited. It's been a long quarantine, but I just booked my first uh, project that I'm filming in two weeks. A awesome. Indie film directed by Elon Musk's sister. That'll be Whoa. interesting. Oh, we, we need to have you back on for if <laughs> just, no reason other than to tell us if there are, interesting stories behind all that's of that like a, that's a patreon oh. episode and yeah. i also i also did a, a friend's podcast that she started with randy zuckerman mark's sister so i'm 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 <sighs> uh, just working with all the big ceo sisters <laughs> we just need you yeah. to do a podcast or a film with a relative of meryl streep's and we would um We'll gladly have you back. I've, I've yeah. w- w- waited on one of her daughters, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you said like, yeah, brothers and sisters of like famous uh, tech gurus, I-, I was just imagining like an adaptation style film where Nicolas Cage plays Jeff Bezos and then like his like dumb, dumpy older brother, like Tre- Elf- Trevor Bezos. Yeah, Trevor Bezos. Yeah. Lost- <laughs> it's like, hey, I got ideas for the internet too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good idea. That's the best pitch of the episode. Good job, Patrick. <laughs> it's called MacBook, uh, and it's a, a way to find great macaroni and cheese recipes. Yep. <laughs> oh. Again, Hollywood. Hollywoodideas.com. Come to us. Because <laughs> yeah. we are throwing out just fire here if yeah. you want. Oh, Am- it could be on the Amazon Prime Network. Yes. Just get Bezos right in the mix. If he wants to control the IP around his name and his character. Let's do it on your sh- your channel, Jeff. Let Give us, us film, Let us film Bezos boys. Yep, Bezos boys. Hey, Bezos bros. The Bezos bros, uh, yeah. The Bezos bros, yeah. <laughs> oh, and they could go like on like uh, road trips together yes. and get up to stuff. I think uh, I just watched Smokey and the Bandit, so I have that really on the head. But yeah. um, maybe Jeff will play himself. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Well, he's in great shape. I don't know if you ever seen him. He's in, he's doing some sort of like magical rich guy steroids. He looks wonderful. He's got big old arms. Yeah, yeah he can uh, definitely just like yeah, just deck just so, just just so no one else gets paid to play him. He can yeah. get the money. Uh, well, yeah, he obviously won't. Oh, no disrespect, Jeff. We still want to work for you, but you're not paying. We know you're not paying your employees. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he'd be great, you know. And he got, you know, how he got in shape to bring it all back home. Mm. He got in shape after he got divorced. divorced. Uh, oh, oh, there it is. There, there, it, it, is. Is. there it is. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Karina. Thanks, it's thanks so for much having fun. me. Yeah. Give you an expertise to uh, to the amateurs who are hosting this thing. Oh, okay. oh man, yeah. Thank you. We're for all we're it. all just movie watchers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we head out, though, Patrick. Is there anyone else you'd like to thank for this episode? Oh man, so many. Oh, I'd like to thank, uh, I'd like to thank uh, the little mouse that helps me cook. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, uh, people that say the uh, the last, the, the name of the title of the film they're in at the end of their movie. 
you know, I want to thank uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. Please let us make Bezos Bros. We'll, you know, please, please come on, let us do this. It's a good idea. This is all I have, God. Uh, <laughs> I just like screaming, God. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, and then uh, I'd like to thank my agent. Yeah, got uh, it. Hey, Your hey, team. Yeah, my team. Hey, hey, agent, I know it's late. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, now I've said that to the kid, my, my fake kids, but now I'm going to say it to my agent. Yeah. Agent, I know it's past your bedtime. Quit watching, <laughs> Sp- yeah, quit watching <laughs> Spider-Man the Animated Series and go to bed. <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, I got to jump in here and I got to give a big shout out, big thank you to Snot. Just mm-hmm. after Snot, I think... Um, <laughs> specifically viola davis's specifically viola davis's absolutely um i gotta give a big shout out big thank you to um cinematographers elevating grounded work into being more cinematic we saw it twice today you gotta love it Um, yeah look look at that this is like this is like a a norman rockwell painting yeah like Mm -hmm. that is just like yeah it's insane i i gotta thank um the, I gotta thank the positives of the method acting style, but I gotta say no thank you to the negatives that come with the method acting style. First ever yeah. no thank you. Yeah. Um, Go to bed forever, method acting. Forever, like to the dark side of method acting. <laughs> you just got, I just threatened to kill the concept. Yeah. Uh, I gotta give a big shout out to French Toast. Mm. I mean, first, you know, it should have been off the top of my list. It really guided this one. Uh, Dutch Angles, big thank you to those. Kind of <laughs> took it took it home and um, that. Um, another big visual thing that I got to thank, uh, whoever costumed Dustin Hoffman in Kramer versus Kramer. You've become a style icon to me. I'm going out shopping and I'm going to get some of those clothes because I'm not tall either, Dusty. I'm never buttoning my top button ever again. Never again. I'm sneakers, sneakers and three-piece suits. I'm doing it. You're gonna all see, the way home. Yeah, you're gonna see my like gossamer, the the orange monster from Looney Tunes chest for yeah. the rest of time. Everyone, sorry. <laughs> uh, and then I gotta thank uh, greatest city in the world, 1979, New York City. Mm. You know, we saw it saying maybe. Hey, hate to tell you, was it a character itself? In Kramer versus Kramer, I think so. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just get a classic New York apple. Classic New York apple. Mm. Mm. So Queens, Chris, Brooklyn. The, you know the, why these the apples? Are so, you know why these apples are so good? The water. Yep, exactly. So on that note, for our wonderful guest Karina Wolf, for my co-host Patrick, thank you for listening. This has been the Academy Academy. Bye bye. Back them dark and dusty drapes, let in some light. Tell the billboy, come get my trunk, cause I'm leaving here tonight. And I've packed my bags and I paid my bill. And I'm turning in my key And if those sad souls down in the lobby Ask for me Just tell them
checking out this heartbreak hotel. I ain't gonna live on lonely street no more, no more. I found a new love and a new place to dwell where teardrops ain't sucking the 